0: And welcome back to another episode of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, TNK, just nonstop, Kirk. And to my left, I got... Ravish and Randy, what's going on, y'all? Thank you for tuning in for another edition of the podcast. And across from us in studio this week, so disappointing he was not here for the show he should have been at, our football show, uh, we have Rampage Ramsey in studio. The dude that
1: played offensive line for North Carolina. Pull back. He was oh,
0: full well. Back. He was originally a center, and they put him at fullback, undersized. But he still played for the ACC for North Carolina Tar Heels, and he's in studio today to pretty much tell us where we messed up.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mean, it's not the theme of the podcast, but We're we just kind of
0: wanted to touch on yeah, it. Yeah, we know
1: we we, we we had to give him a few minutes to friggin', uh vent on what we fucked up. So, Rampage Ramsey, please feel free to rampage on what we fucked up.
2: But before I tell you what you fucked up, I'm going to give you a, a big. Hand clap for making sure you guys brought up Bronco Nagurski. Oh well, thank because you. Because that, that—that I thought you guys were gonna miss that. I was like, oh, I didn't wanna miss not
1: that. No, well, well, that's what we were saying uh, on the podcast we last actually. week. Well, no, not not so much that we we were gonna miss it, but like when we think of Bronco Nagurski, we think of I mean, college football. You know, he's got an award named after him. We think of it the more Gallatin for his football Ghosts. career. Yeah, you know, the, the fact that he had a long and successful career of pro wrestling, too, that, that shocked the hell out of us. Yeah, I didn't know all that until we did
2: a research. That's the amazing thing. But back then, you. I said jobs. You know, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he had jobs. His job was a pro wrestler and actually won in the um, NWA World title, so, cemented his career and won oh, yeah. in multiple times. Um, the one thing, you guys did a great job. But you guys missed out. You guys talk about Tito. But what was his two teammates at West Texas State that you guys missed out
0: on? He's talking about uh, Tito Santana. We talked about how he got drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. But we didn't realize that he played along with two other players. One of them I had a feeling I forgot about after we did it. Totally Blanchard was a quarterback. He was a quarterback
2: for, for West Texas State. He actually ended up moving to defensive end later on. But you missed my guy, so disappointing. Yeah. I you think. missed out on Ted DiBiase. He yeah, that one. a member of that team. <sighs> you had three, I want to say they're both, all three of them in the Hall of Fame, right? Mm.
0: I don't, well, as a horseman, I think Tully. Yeah, Tully's in as a horse. I don't know. So, I think Tito's in. Yeah, Tito's in. So, in.
2: there you go. You had three great wrestling greats that eventually became WWE Hall of Famers on one team.
1: Well, one team in college. Yeah. Huh. Any other little uh, notes and tidbits you want to throw in there?
2: Yeah, anybody could be fucking first-team ACC. Uh, Talking about uh, team, uh, Roman, you Roman Reigns. Georgia <laughs> Tech. Look, isn't that no shit because I, I want North Carolina, but I'll be honest. If you don't go to Florida State, Clemson, Pitt, Syracuse, Miami, Virginia Tech, you ain't shit. Unless you're fucking Julius Peppers, Lawrence Taylor. Then you're the fucking shit, Calvin Johnson. But yeah, nah, I love how they always try to say that he's one of the best college football players. I'm sorry, Ron Simmons is one of the, Ron Simmons is one of the most. Mm. Successful. But Bronco Nagurski is the greatest fucking pro football player to be a wrestler. Just go look at his credentials
0: on the field and off the field. I'm actually glad you touched on that because we didn't really get that an award. At the end of the show, we were just kind of touching on all the big names we remember. But, yeah, you absolutely, 100%. And uh,
2: Alex Karras, because um, you couldn't pronounce his last name. I couldn't pronounce it. Alex <laughs> Karras, you know, the Mad Duck. Uh, this guy is great. He was a great player for Iowa. He went on to play for the Detroit Lions, Hall of Famer. Hmm. Alex, That's is at all, man. Jeez. Something in common with him was him and Paul Horning was actually uh, uh, suspended in the 60s in the NFL for gambling.
3: <laughs> but
2: he also signed his first contract out of college was a pro wrestling contract, not a pro football contract. Wow. So, so really- he was doing, like, back in the day, like Bronco, doing both at the same time. So I, I think, to me, that, that gives you, like, you can do both. That's to me, is more... Alex, call Alex uh, prestigious
0: than, than anything More prestigious, else. yeah. But yeah. see, back in the 60s, guys were working two jobs. You had a real full time job while you were still there. Yeah, you weren't, but still, you, weren't, it you weren't getting
1: paid millions of dollars or like the, the 1960s equivalent of that to play football. It was like yeah. you got like a $20 game check and it was <laughs> a like $100, right, d- and Yeah. yeah
2: but if you, if you actually look at some of the players that they were playing and, and you look at them, and it's like a lot of these players. Don't pan out, you know. From the college, they don't pan out in the pros. they were either roll practice squads or they mm-hmm. get cut. Or Tito, Tito got hurt. Really? You know. So it's amazing how like there's not too many great stars. Very few Bronco. I know. I know. You, it's a pet peeve saying Steve, uh, Steve. McMichael, but he was competitive. He 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 was in competitive pro wrestling, and he, he was, was a horseman. Dude, and I'm, he was and he was a well. it's – you know that Four slot sometimes is
1: Well yeah you know, I, 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 I I I we also said it is like He was, going, was, he was like, older. much
0: older when he got into wrestling. One could wonder what would happen if he was younger. Yeah, he wasn't the obviously wasn't a great wrestler in yeah. ring, but he gave it a shot, you know, did it for 2 years. Yeah, that.
1: I mean, shit. Can't can't fault the guy. If the WCW is going to throw money at him to fucking go out there and be a horseman. You fucking go out there and you be a horseman. Shit. Yeah. And I think I think the the one I, I, I didn't hear the whole show, but
2: you know Brock Lesnar for not playing until since high school Mm -hmm. and he's going out and was the last he was the last cut of the Minnesota Vikings is fucking amazing
0: yeah, I was. Yeah, but we, t- we well, like we. I we touched on his uh, basically combine statistics. Runs like a four six bench presses two twenty five thirty six times in jeans. Yeah, in jeans and you could bench press two twenty five with thirty six times or maybe even forty. Like it was, in- and then he has like a, almost a forty inch vertical or something. Thirty six
1: vertical, it was insane. A guy that's two six foot
0: three, two hundred and eighty six pounds. So it's what we were talking
1: out. about was like you know where probably knock against him or why he didn't ultimately make the cut was like fundamentals, mechanics, things like that. You know, technique, attitude. you, know, yeah, you know. Granted, you have guys that played through high school, college that get taught that stuff, and then even like a few years. You didn't road. have a single year of college, which. I, I, yeah.
2: That's what I think. I think that's very. And you're the last person cut on the team. I, right. That's what, yeah. To me, is, excuse me, is it's fascinating about him. But I think I wouldn't put him on an offensive line. I would put him on a defensive line. Can you see him just like dude, with those measurables, playing that defensive tackle? I thought he would put decent then and
0: just be like, "Hey man, rush the quarterback." Do you? Uh, I agree. I think with I those strengths, Scott.
2: <laughs> but yeah, I think he did a good job. Of like I, you know, it's just that the, the one big miss was you hit three hall of famers on one college team. He, they touched on that. Yeah, just, well, know.
0: fuck the internet. They should have had that on there. Oh, yeah, I know. know. Fuck <laughs> them. <laughs> Their
1: fault, but uh,
0: but today's... you brought up
1: you brought up Ted DiBiase, so I mean, oh, in go. a way, that is a good segue great to segue. the theme of this week's podcast, which is heels. Now, f- funny that we're talking about heels. This is third time we're going to talk about heels. The first time we did it was very early on in the podcast. It was one of our a... first shows. Didn't have a real structure, or rhyme, or rhythm to this. We did it on a on a phone, you know. Yeah, you know, so the audio quality wasn't great. Didn't record the way we wanted to do it. So a few weeks ago, we, we tried to do the Heels Redo, where we basically are going to do a version of what we're doing today, which is we did our bracket of like the top 32 Heels in our mind, uh, going back to, say, the 80s to present day, mm-hmm. uh, just throwing in names in a little tournament, a little Battle Royale style, seeing who comes out the winner, and then, of course, the audio for that is jacked, and so that doesn't get to air, so this is the third time... We're doing this freaking show, and we're hoping the third time will be the okay, charm, so and it sticks. Ramsey was
0: away, so we kind of did it through a second app, a video app. And for some weird reason, the first round that we did, just whatever happened, got lost in the ether, the internet ether. No, nobody's fault. Now that Ramsey's in then, studio,
2: then me and Kurt re <laughs> re uh, try uh, to recorded. redo it and that got lost. So, you know, I was just like, fuck it. You know, we're going to do it again. We're all in the studio. We yeah. got a microphone. We you know, got to try to
1: it. record it the first round without me. And, and plus I got guys. my head chewed off because <laughs> certain matchups were like oh, that. I'm yeah. like, I told you it was <laughs> going
2: to be randomly generated. So, but
1: yeah, to
0: yeah. And Randy will touch on this in a minute. We um or let Randy touch on it and we'll add to it. Like we this year we did brackets. That way we not we don't have two number 1s going at it in the first round. Yeah, because so,
1: like one of the things you didn't get to hear on the on the second recording of the podcast was we had a first round matchup between Ted DiBiase and Roddy Piper, and
0: it was not Ramsey's fault. It's just the way the generator worked. But sometimes it's like, <laughs> but when
1: you want a man on an hour, the man went to power, and you're putting together the bracket. Sometimes you can overrule random generated results. So. So we kind of we beat, we right. touched
0: on that this year. I'll let Ramsey explain that's, what we what we right. did this year. Don't, don't hang your nope. head. You did you did a good job this go so, around. <laughs> you know, uh, every
2: time they saw actually they actually saw how I do Ram, the the generator. So
1: now they know. Yeah, but no, you did you did a great job putting this particular bracket together. So. We actually went through and we seeded the top eight. So we could
2: separate them out. And the rest were randomly generated. And then I put it up there and choked. No, I'm not trying to surprise them to get some like excitement into this shit. So I was like, "But last time I did that, I guy got shit on." So what we did was I showed them the brackets and I said, "Is these matchups good?" Didn't get no word. So I I, I just looked
1: at where the top ones were seated, and I saw who they were matched up with. I didn't care about the other matchups. I just wanted to make sure our top eight. It wasn't a blatantly obvious mismatch or anything like that. We're good. We're we're good. I'm I am totally cool with this bracket. All right. So we got the seal approval.
2: So we're going to start with the round 1. And we're going to start with the first bracket which is the million dollar Hollywood bracket. Because our number 1 seed voted by all three of us was the million dollar man Ted DiBiase. It versus randomly generated Chris Jericho.
0: Now, part of me hates this up front, but hey, this is the way we worked it. Because hey, me look. and uh Randy, Rash and Randy are huge Jericho Holics. But you know, this is this is a great matchup, man. It, it,
1: it is a great matchup and it, it it's really interesting how you can kind of break this down because yes, the million dollar man was our number one top heel, when we when we ranked our top eight to be bracketed accordingly. Um, he is probably one of the most well-known, dastardly heels there is. However, he's a bit of a one-trick pony. Jericho, on the other hand, has had many different faces, many different characters, whether it was face or heel. Each of them kind of brought something different and new to the table. Whether it was... Jericho and WCW being the cocky king of the cruiserweights, shitting on the rest of the roster, being the man of a thousand and four holds, giving a bunch of the Lucha guys random names to mess with them. Mm-hmm. Um, whether he's the best in the world at yeah. what he does. Superstar you know, of the where year, he yeah. goes all Nick Bockwinkle and he starts using long, monosyllabic words. that he speak, He's more cold and calculated. Or we go to AEW where he's le champion. You know, I mean, the dude has reinvented himself so many times and I think you have to give a major credit to ingenuity there. You know what? I want to put Ramsey on the spot to go to, to go with it. I'm going to go ahead and, and go with a first-round upset and say Chris Jericho.
0: Okay, now I love that you touched on all those points because if you didn't, I was definitely going to touch on all that. Jericho's got variety and I love that and I love Jericho. But the Million Dollar Man, his one thing that he was good at I think he did it better than any of the times Jericho was a heel. I say Million Dollar Man. Ramsey, where are we going? We know where, we know where he's going. <laughs> I shouldn't even ask. I had to ask. I had to ask it. I should have just said Ramsey just put, uh, I and put and it and in the Oscars. Again, audience.
1: and again to this point. That's the only reason I voted Jericho is because I wanted to at least acknowledge the fact that. Dude is a freaking creative. Oh, I no, I love that. I, like I knew you know. he was going to move Ted When you y'all.
2: said Chris Jericho before even Kurt even started, I already moved fucking <laughs> Million Dollar Man into the slot. Because I knew how it was going to shake no out. Corner.
1: I just had to give
0: my boy Chris that level of respect. No, I man, I'd love that you did. So, all right, uh, next matchup.
2: Oh, yeah. We're going to do this too uh, to get the picks. Uh, Kurt and Randy will be uh, deciding if it's unanimous. Guys, move on. If it's split, I make the decide. I make the deciding vote. Also, now each pick you got two minutes. Oh, Thank you. Thank you. To, de- okay. to decide, right. and I got the timer okay. up and on. So the next matchup in the first round, the outsiders versus Scott Steiner. Two minutes, real quick. All right. In two minutes, and let's go. All right.
0: Outsiders to me were great for what they were. They were cool guys. I don't consider them bad guys. Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump, dug it. Uh, I'm going with Scott Steiner on this one.
1: I'm going to go with the Outsiders. Granted, Scott Steiner, Big Bad Booty Daddy, Big Papa Pump. Wait, 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 wait. hold on. Great, great character. However, he joined or he became a heel, and he became he became a heel, and he became as big as he was as a heel because he joined the NWO. Who started the NWO? The
0: Outsiders. You know what? You just sold me. uh, You're absolutely right. Big Papa Pump was also kind of a cool heel too. I'm going to change my side. I'm going the Outsiders as well. I had their t-shirt. Outsiders moving on.
1: Okay. Ramsey was looking a bit befuddled there. He was like, oh, God, don't put me on the spot again. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, I, I can't. No, you understand, right?
2: I can't. Like, I, I didn't know where to go on that one. All right. So at our <coughs> eighth seed, uh, we have Hollywood Hogan versus the franchise, Shane Douglas. Okay. Well. <laughs>
0: Okay, well, real quickly. I'm uh, more of an ECW guy. Uh, Hollywood Hogan, great. Franchise Shane Douglas was awesome in ECW. He was so dastardly. I'm going Shane Douglas on this one.
1: Dude. To me, Shane Douglas is the better heel. Hogan turning heel at Bash at the Beach. You want to talk about a needle mover. You want to talk about a moment that... Will be discussed from here to eternity, yeah. and how it changed the wrestling landscape. For that alone, Hogan should move on. But, dude, ECW, man, the franchise. I just, to me, there were so many more dastardly moments that were pulled off by Shane Douglas. I got to move him on. We got awesome. an upset in the first round.
0: Be yeah, a Hogan turning, you know, changing the, really, the landscape. But do, you, the but do you really call that an upset? No, I mean, Shane was such a good heel ECW, man. I'm going to give you my take on this one. Yeah, go ahead. So, Hogan
2: is the all-time heel moment. Yes. Mm -hmm. Never duplicated. Shane Douglas' all-time heel moment has been duplicated multiple times. He's the first one to throw a title away.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you for saying that about Hogan, because you're absolutely right on that one.
2: Hogan is the all-time heel moment, which hopefully we would have got with John Cena at one point.
0: But, but Hogan, Hogan did it when it was still believable. Kayfabe was still kind of alive. Yeah, so.
2: But also, Shane <coughs> Douglas was magical at ECW. As oh, he oh was yeah. I love him as the leader hills. of the triple threat. Yeah,
0: I thought he was great. Going hey.
2: to our next one, we have another ECW guy. We got Just Incredible versus the Fabulous Freebirds from Bad Street, USA.
1: Okay. Dude, Freebirds. Th- there, there were people in Texas that were literally waiting to kill these dudes. Oh, but Dallas, oh, ready, oh, ready, ready to, to stab to them, him, ready to shoot. You know, whatever. The Von Ericks. Oh, the, the type of heat that they generated in that feud with the Von Ericks. Like, I, I know Just Incredible was a credible heel in ECW, but dude free birds for me have to take this free one. birds for me as well but let me just touch on Justin Credible real quickly
0: um, I w- I'm not going to take too long I just want to give him his props Justin Credible is an impact player had a great uh, you know duo with uh, Lance Storm they had Don Marie he had the kendo stick he kind of reinvented himself got the just do that he didn't give to WWE in 1995 as the fucking Portuguese Man of War he did a great job for what he was good heel I just wanted to give him his respect for that uh, next bracket
2: alright I like this time clock thing working good so in our next bracket we got the game legend killers bracket triple h is our oh shit our number four seed and randy Orton's our five seed so we're going triple h at the four seed versus kevin sullivan
1: now, Kevin Sullivan, what he did in the Florida territories was pretty monumental. It was, like watching that, uh, watching that documentary on Luna Vachon. Luna Vachon. I mean, like he was doing a lot of crazy revolutionary yeah. stuff in Florida. But when I think of Kevin Sullivan, I think of the Taskmaster in WCW. Yeah, Dungeon of
0: Doom, yeah. In
1: the Dungeon of Doom, and that just sullies it for me. Dude, Triple H, just it fucking was... Triple H. The ultimate heel. The dude married the boss's daughter to get ahead. I mean, for fuck's sake. He gotta, it's yeah. got to be triples. I wanted
0: to pay Kevin Sullivan the respect he deserved because like, you think of like Undertaker, Bray Wyatt, The Powers of the Dark. He kind of started, not to say started it, but he did a really good job at that in Florida Territories of Tampa. But, yeah, I mean... Triple H, come on. It's Triple H. I got a
2: quick quick question for you guys. You want to talk behind the scenes. Who is a bigger heel behind the scenes? Because these two are infamous for Reigns of Terror. Mm -hmm. These two. Still quickly. Still got to give it to Triple H. Yeah. Just saying what Kevin Sullivan did. Kevin Sullivan was such a heel,
1: he fucked his own marriage up.
0: Yeah, he did for the business. That was crazy.
1: Yeah, he he, he basically booked his his own affair. I mean, hey. Booked his own own divorce, (laughs) essentially. Yeah, and booked his own divorce, yeah.
2: So the next one. We have the legendary Kane. Versus, right now, probably one of the hottest heels, not by my words, but by a lot of wrestling writers, Matt Cordona.
0: Okay, so... Matt Cardona right now is on fire with what he's doing in the independent circuit. Not so much on the mainstream media, but what you're seeing, what he's doing with what GCW, and he just won the NWA Championship recently, and mm-hmm. he's the uh, Impact. God, I always feel like the social media champion. I always forget the name of the belt. I should know this. Uh, he kind of came out not that long ago, but Kane. God, you know the brother. Everything. Uh, I'm conflicted on this one. Maybe it's recency bias. i love what Matt Cardona is doing, and the fact that Kane threw Matt Cardona off. The wheelchair, and almost damn near broke his leg in real life. I'm going
1: Matt Cardona. Dude, like, I, I want to go Matt Cardona. I want to. Because, like, really, if you think about it, let's, let's talk about their post-WWE's career, all right? Dude, Kane is the freaking mayor of Knoxville County. Or yeah. Knox County. Mayor of Knoxville. Freaking, you know, be, like, the ultimate good guy. Man of the people. Matt Cardona basically gave a big F you to WWE. He's making a big name on his own on the Independence and like some of the other scenes. But he basically is like, dude, WWE was my indies, all right? That was my developmental. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, dude, big you ultimate heel move. But, dude, Kane, that lasting image of him ripping the Hell in a Cell door off to get to his brother, The Undertaker, legendary feuds. I'm going to put Ramsey on the spot just because I want to, and I'm going to be contrarian and go Kane, even though I think I Matt Cardona is deserving. Years. Yes. 20 years of it. Yes. I only got 35 seconds. No, you don't. We have two minutes. You can go however long you want.
2: Thank you. All right. You're the host. So I'll say this. Kane is an ultimate heel to me because, Mm -hmm. yes, all the shit he did in WWE, but he's a fucking Republican. So that's high on the heel list. But you know what? I am so happy. Okay, the new heel is... (laughs) Bit. <laughs> is Kurt. Is so, so I have to say this. Matt Cardona, what he's doing, I'm happy, I'm proud. Woo, woo, woo. You know it, bro. He's going. All right. Hey, I'm on board with it. I can't argue that. I just love the fact that what he's doing, he's doing the Drew McIntyre route, and I'm loving it. So our fifth seed, we have... Fittingly, Randy Orton, the legend killer, the viper, versus the legendary Mr. Perfect.
1: Dude, you want to talk about a tough call in the first round, but I can't be mad. The the, the the random generator gave us this. Dude, Mr. Perfect, yes, legendary heel character. The dude is perfect at everything he does, whether it was bowling a 300, whether it was catching his own 70 yard pass. Whether it was hitting uh, home run after home run every time he swung the bat. It's a legendary character, but dude, Randy Orton is the legend killer for a reason. Great
0: sign. And like, look, I love Mr. Perfect, but yeah, I think of him more as a bad guy with Bobby the Brain Heenan, who I think made him more of a bad guy instead of him doing it on his own. When I think of Mr. Perfect, I think of yeah, the, Bobby the Brain Heenan, but I also think of his work ethic and the vignettes, which to me makes mm-hmm. him a face more than a heel, even though he was just...
1: He's just cocky because he
0: was better than you, not because of the dashly things he did. Randy Orton, you think of the list of stuff he's done in his career the legend killer, uh, spitting in everybody's face, uh, punting the McMahons in the head, kissing uh, Triple H's wife in front of him. Uh, just to me, it's Orton. Yeah. yeah.
2: Just the punt is a heelish fucking move. Yes.
1: Yeah. Takes guys out on stretchers. Yes. So, our next, our last match in this bracket. This is another
2: good one. <laughs> one them, it's a doozy. We have, I think, one of the best heels on WWE recently, the last. 10 years. Does it say 10, 10 years. years? Yeah. The Miz. Versus The Criminal. God rest his soul. Probably the most violent person on our bracket, New Jack.
1: Have fun with this, dude. Miz is such an amazing guy on a stick. Like the dude can cut a promo in his sleep. I mean, the dude, the dude's great on the mic. He's got that assholeish persona, but then when I also think about Mike Mizanin, you know, Miz and Mrs. does a lot to hurt that healer's persona because in real life, the dude's a great guy. New Jack straight up out to murder fools in the ring.
0: Oh, that's no, that's no work at all. Uh, he, he's
1: going to kill you if you wanted to, and he's done tried to do it multiple times. As much as I love Miz, I think he's a freaking amazing heel, and had he maybe had a different matchup in the first round, he'd probably be moving ahead. New Jack straight up has tried to kill dudes. Doesn't get any more heelish than that. Oh, and the shit he did in Smoky Mountain Wrestling, just pissing off white
0: people, which... You kind of got to laugh at because it was funny as hell, man. I ain't gonna lie. But and just the gangsters and just all the stuff he did. God, this is a tough one because look, I'm not like the Miz has earned my respect and I to, to, you think <laughs> what he could do if it wasn't a P, you know, a PG rated show, if it was PG-14. Dude, if
1: it was the attitude era and he was allowed to go out there and cut promos
0: Yeah, like that. He'd be a, a, a MJF plus, you know, essentially. Oh god, this is a tough one.
2: Don't forget he was a heel in MTV for the the Oh the challenges. real world. <laughs> the Road Rules, I'm sorry. The, 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 no, the real challenges. world is real world. I'm
3: yeah, talking yeah. about the challenges. Oh. he was a fucking oh, heel.
2: Yeah. He was a
0: dick, but the dude won.
2: Yeah, he but did. he was a heel. <laughs> he was an asshole. He's an asshole now in the ring. Everybody
1: was gunning ring. for him. Everybody was gunning yeah. for him. If you go if you're gonna gun for the king, you better you better come hard.
0: I knew this one would take the end of the two minutes and maybe some more. Oh god, I I want to give the Miz his due, but New Jack just the just the legend of how hardcore just the crazy shit that dude's done in real life. He's a heel, and in the in the ring outside, I gotta go New Jack. Who you got, Randy? I already
1: said New Jack. Oh, New man. Jack? Okay, good. The dude's trying to trying to kill people in yeah. the ring. He yeah. doesn't get more heelish than that. We yeah. went down and
2: said, "Hey, we took the whole two minutes on
1: that one." Hey, look, that mad respect to the Miz though. He deserves the full. No, two that minutes, one deserves like, two minutes. Yeah, for sure.
2: All right, we go into our next bracket. We got the hot rated R bracket. The number two seeded Roddy Piper. Number seven seed Edge is the two in this bracket. So we're going to go with two WWE hot heels back in the 80s and and early 90s. Roddy Roddy Piper versus the Honky Talk Man. All right,
0: so when we first initially did this, I didn't realize the how important Rider Roddy, Roddy Piper was as a heel until so we saw the AEW uh, biography on Roddy Piper the fact that he had to have a Kevlar vest inside his jacket because the dude got stabbed what, three times or multiple times case mm. in point shows you how dash of a heel he was and what he was willing to do to get over with the fans Honky Tonk Man if you want to talk on it you can had a fantastic run as the ICW champion it was really a great heel booed echoing boo throughout the arena people wanted to see him lose that belt they hated that stupid fake Elvis gimmick with uh, Jimmy uh, Jimmy Hart it's a great bracket. I love this. Old time, especially
1: late 80s. I got to go with Roddy Piper. Piper. Dude, it, it's Piper. I mean, we, we, when we talk about, you know, you brought up the A&E biography. Let's, let's talk about current product AEW, you know, yeah. referring to Piper in Portland. Bigger than Piper in Portland. Dude, people are straight out trying to stab and kill the dude. Like, that, that's how over as a heel you are. Great, Honky Tom Hand had more go-away heat. Thank you, yes. All right. And, like, yes, one of the longest, most successful Intercontinental Championship careers. But, dude, Roddy Piper. There's no fucking question. At least this was a million-dollar man versus Roddy Piper in the first round. This is, a, this is more of a no-brainer in one direction. It's Roddy Piper. But
2: so, our next matchup. Vader versus
1: Bret Hart. Canadian Bret Hart. See? Now... On paper, when I first looked at this, I thought this would be a little bit tougher. But, I mean, when we're talking about Bret Hart as a heel and we're saying, like, successful heel, we're talking about not even a year. No, it was less than, like, seven months, if that, you know? Yeah, you know, I mean, it was great work. I mean, especially, dude, the lengths that he would go to to talk shit about the American fan base. And, I mean, Americans just ate that shit up and loved to boo the hell out of him. But, dude... Vader, when he was on his heel run in WCW, whether news. it was New Japan or whatever, yeah. struck fear in people's eyes. Yeah. And, like, just to me, just being that monster heel, I, I think he had a more successful, longer stretch of it. Bret Hart definitely had a memorable stretch, but had he not been booted from WWF, had he not signed that WCW deal, and really what I think about heel Bret Hart and WCW is more of a whiny Bret Hart. More of a ugh, just you what know, they couldn't catch lightning in a bottle twice. I'm going Vader in this one.
0: Yeah, I'm going Vader as well. And look, Bret Hart's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. But at the same time, was he was a heel to America, but he wasn't a heel to Canada. Wasn't a heel to Europeans. Uh, great run. I, I love that run he had in WWF. It was just, you know it was from like maybe February to November the Survivor Series where he was kind of like that that little tweener. But Vader, you think of Vader in the early '90s, yeah, dominant. He struck fear. So Vader.
1: All right, Man, This and, is another
0: tough one
2: And at our number 7 seed yeah, Edge this. We got number 7 Edge Versus The Ravishing Though
0: I'm wearing Your wife on your on my tights Rick Rude
1: See this one when I saw that too I the
0: same thing Damn this is a tough one
1: Dude I mean it doesn't get more Heelish than having another man's Another man's wife's face Airbrushed on your dick
0: yeah, on your crotch area, and yeah, I loved it. It was just, in the 80s to do that, and the fact that you can't do what he did now, and he had the best body, showed it off, talked about how everybody was uh, just, you know, slobs, and he was this you know, a god of a man, and he had an incredible physique. Wearing the crotch, wearing the wife's, uh, Jason St. Robert's wife's face on his crotch was just so dashly, but do you think of all the stuff Edge is done? Oh. It, Sleeping it's, with it's your... Edge.
1: Friends, one of your good friends. Real life he. Yeah, real, real life heat Sleeping with your best friend's girlfriend. And then parlaying that to an on-screen angle. But even just like a lot of the like kayfabe shit that he's done. Mm-hmm. The ultimate opportunist. I mean, just like the, the cash-ins at opportune times. Just being that slimy, sneaky heel. To me, as great as Rick Root is... Edge is the ultimate opportunist, and in this case, the ultimate heel. Edge, ah, uh, damn it, I love Rick Root so much.
0: I got to go with Edge, too.
2: Thank God, I don't have to decide on that shit. <laughs> All right, next matchup, we got Seth freaking Rollins, Monday Night Messiah versus Bam Bam Bigelow.
0: Dude, the beast from the east, man. I'm a big Bam Bam Bigelow fan, but I mean, he wasn't so much of a talker, so he didn't really feel that heelish to me, per se. He was just a badass. He
1: kind of came off as more of like the muscle of like different groups. Like exactly. You think of the Triple yeah. Threat, you think of all that, like. Uh. Even the Triple Threat, I didn't really think of him as a bad guy, even though he was the muscle and he was with
0: the heelish group. Shane Douglas did all the talking, he was just the badass. But we're looking at Seth Rollins. I'm glad we having some newer guys in this. This brackets noun, uh, I love me heel Seth, especially back 2015, Money in the Bank.
2: I'm just going to say this point, and I'm going to put one point up for Bam Bam, and I'll let you guys vote on it. You don't have to talk. Look at his fucking ass. Missing teeth, tattooed fucking head, yeah. wearing the black, wearing the fucking flames. He just comes out, and he just looks like, when they said New Jersey, he just resonates Oh. Look, I don't want to fuck with him. Asbury Park, New People Jersey. You have to fucking talk. No, no, nobody's
0: fucking with that dude. The do with the fucking flame tattoo on he his head. I'd
2: take Lawrence Taylor to fuck with him.
0: Yeah, that's believable. You look at Bam Bam. He was a badass. And I love me some Bam Bam. Uh, but dude,
1: the drip god, man. I, I just love Seth. Crossed Dude, like, Monday Seth, Messiah, dude, Seth is stuff. just so good. That, that cackle that he does. And he's doing
0: what Jericho's doing. He's reinventing himself as different versions of a heel. And yeah. I love that too.
1: Dude, that cash-in at WrestleMania with him being the heel, being like Triple H, the authorities guy, coming in, busting up that main event with but Roman Reigns and, and Brock, Brock Lesnar, <laughs> winning the belt with the Money in the Bank uh, cash-in. Dude, like, to me, between these two, it's a no-brainer. It's the drip god. Yeah, i go with Seth Rollins, too. I'm about to
2: give you a ten-second
1: warning about, about that. Nah, man, I'm going to use all my time if I have to talk about the drip, god
2: alright in our last bracket uh, the 3-6 bracket we got the Nature Boy Flock because mm-hmm. our number 3 seed Ric Flair and our number 6 seed Raven so our number 3 seed Ric Flair going against Psycho Sid
0: do we really even need 2 minutes on this one I mean I'll, I'll just be real quick Ric Flair, Rick Flair.
1: I, I'd rather talk more about Ric Flair later on yeah same here yeah all right,
2: <laughs> okay. yeah. the next one a little bit harder for you guys. Jake, the Snake, oh, Robert versus. Rumor. I gotta make sure that you gotta learn out there what kind of Dudley boys. It's the Dudley boys, but we're talking about Bubba Ray, Big Dick, Big Dick, Sign, Sign Guy, Guy Devon, Spike, and of course. The man that was their manager, Joel the Gertner. So, have fun.
0: I know. I was gonna, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see the Florida Kirk. All right, I'll talk about the Dudley Boys because I love me some ECW Deli Boys. God damn, they were just fucking so vile. People hated them. They were spitting at them, throwing food, drinks on them. Bubba Ray was so good on the microphone. He was just the dick. And back then, you could do whatever you wanted. You could say anything, talking about, you know, girls' uh, daughters being whores in front of them. It just was like, it, it was just. They were such dastardly heels, and the fact that they were the tag team champions made you hate them even more because they beat your favorite tag teams. I mean, if we're crying out loud, B- Bubba Ray Dudley, real quick, told a girl on a PCW pay-per-view that I bet this girl's mother right next to her probably taught her how to suck dick. When you tell that to a person live on television, and a guy, his brother or dad trying to swing fists at you outside the ring, you are a damn heel. But that's the bit I got for the Dudley Bones. I just wanted to say how dastardly they were. But,
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you keep talking.
0: But Jake the Snake, I love me some Jake the Snake, especially when he turned heel, just talked very low, methodical. You had to hear every word he said. I, I love Jake the Snake as a villain. One of the true all-time great promo guys. Still does it great to this day. It's a tough one. Ugh.
1: Dude, it, like, Jake was the epitome of that the, the old saying from uh, Teddy Roosevelt, you know, speak softly but carry a big stick. Yeah. That's what Jake the Snake did. It said he carried a bag with a friggin' python or cobra in it. I mean... Oh, my God. The dude dude had some legend... That feud with Randy Savage, just... That image of the cobra biting down Savage's uh, bicep, like, that... Just nuts. But... I already said, I'm, I'm going to cede the decision to you first, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go. As much as i love let me some Jake, I, I'm going to give the Dudley boys
0: the dust through they deserve for ECW, how hated they were. That's me.
1: If only because I wanted to come down to Ramsey's decision, I'm going to say <laughs> Jake the Snake. No,
2: Dudley boys went, okay, next.
1: You don't even want to elaborate? Do I have to? He's an ECW He said every
2: fucking thing. Dude,
1: yeah, they, they were so hot <laughs> <high of the> ECW. <laughs> I'm sorry. And hey, look, no, don't get me wrong. I felt like the Dudley boys should move on too, but I also feel like
2: per- I'd person, rather push him on. This spot. Me, Jack, we're dude. talking about a fucking guy carrying a fucking snake. Yeah. I know, you know, if watching Jake was more of a fucking baby face all the time than a heel. He, he'll work with Mantis, Randy Savage. <laughs> it was great. It was great. We're talking about the fucking Dudleys. Yeah. Like, come on. There's a reason why I said the Dudley boys, the family. Because these motherfuckers, and especially Bully Ray. Fuck, his name now is still wrestling. is Bully Ray. That's just... That's me. him. That Philadelphia crowd. Come, Dudley boys. They're just, they're.
0: And I love you some Joe Berger, too. Yeah. So. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and please let it come down. Don't let it come down to Flair and Dudley boys. Because you
3: already... Well,
2: it's already come down to that, but, yeah, no, we'll, but we'll deal with that next round. Yeah. yeah. So. so, the next our, <laughs> our next matchup, we got number six, Raven versus Jim Cornette's Midnight Express.
1: I'm going to save my talking for Raven until the next round, so I'm just going to say Raven takes this one.
0: Thank you, I was going to do the same thing, just Raven moving on. Quote
1: the Raven, nevermore.
2: Oh, I didn't even start the timer on that one. eh? So, the next matchup, the last matchup in the first round, we got Sergeant Slaughter. And let's bring it back because you're going to say Sergeant Slaughter. We're talking about Iraqi sympathizer Sergeant Slaughter versus recently MJF.
0: Okay, so Sergeant Slaughter, him being that Iraqi sympathizer was such a big deal back then because he legitimately had to worry about the security of his family and well-being at that time for doing that. That was a really big deal, especially a guy who was beloved, did the G.I. Joe, was uh, in the 80s and all that stuff, being, you know, Miss, you know, Captain, not a Captain America, but like the guy who represents America. G.I.
1: Joe, man. Yeah, you
0: think of Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. And he's going to turn his back on his own nation and sympathize with Iraqi. Very controversial because you had the Gulf War back then. This was in the early 90s. Uh, a lot of people gave WWE a flag for that, but it drew heat on Sergeant Slaughter. So that, but it was a very short period of time. But I really want to touch on to a lot of the younger fans who didn't know this at that time,
1: just how much heat Sergeant Slaughter got for that. I do, but like even even before the Iraqi sympathizer gimmick, back in the oh when he first back, started with the w- late w- 70s, w- early 80s, Senior, yeah, he was a heel. I I mean, he, he was a heel. He he was like the Dick Drill Sergeant, you mm-hmm. know. So, I mean, yeah, definitely a lot of respect to that, but, dude, what MJF is doing now is is on a whole other level. And before. he's doing it a
0: little bit longer than Hunter Slaughter's gimmick for a portion, and MJ's just killing it right now. And so I hate to be a recency bias guy, but i got to go MJF.
1: Dude, it's MJF. And yeah. and we'll we'll talk more when we get to the next round. Because exactly. I, I could talk about MJF all fucking day. I love MJF. Boom balling.
2: Disappointing you guys because... Here's another thing. Tough shit. No, Sergeant Slaughter did. He <laughs> sided with the fucking Iron Sheik. So to just not side going to rocky sympathizer, but you are know, with the Iron Sheik? That's just the most healish you can well, get. No, it. Oh, it, it
1: was a was, no, it was, it was war time. He wasn't fucking time. He it wasn't was. Sheiky, it baby. Was. He was
0: Colonel uh, Mustafa. Mustafa. Yeah. It, no, but, but to Rams' point, he's 100% right the booze and the like, the hatred and turning his back was a giant deal at the time. It
2: was during the fucking war
1: time. I know. It, was. Uh, no. it was. Look, it's how he It's how hell can you be? It's How he can you be? Nothing but respect Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter. Slaughter. He stood
2: in front of every fucking Saturday morning a G.I. Joe under mm-hmm. uh, behind a fucking American flag.
1: And
0: he turned his back on <laughs> his country. It was a big deal. I'm
1: just saying it's fucking tough beauty. shit. It's MJF tough, moves on. Sorry. Deal with it. Next, uh, Second round matchups. So we're
2: going to go back to the first bracket, which is the Million Dollar Hollywood bracket. We're going to have the Million Dollar Man at the number one spot versus the Outsiders.
0: I I don't need much to talk about this one. Like I said, Outsiders to me were just cool. I I loved them. I mean,
1: they were technically the villains with WCW, but I'm going Ted DiBiase. Yeah, it's Ted DiBiase. Like, look, all the good things we had to say about the Outsiders, so we said it in the first round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Compare, like, th- this matchup here, it- it's-, it's a no-brainer. purely here. heel, yeah. Million Dollar Man. Let's move on. Um,
2: also in this round, guys, I have to tell you that uh, you guys have only a minute and 30 seconds since you okay. already.
0: Okay,
2: no. Uh, All right, so our next matchup is the franchise uh, Shane douglas Versus the fabulous ones, the fabulous Freebirds.
0: Oh, this is actually a pretty decent one. I like how this shaping up because with the Freebirds, just like what we talked about earlier with uh, Shard and Slaughter, how he drew heat. Freebirds, man, they drew some serious heat in the in the '80s with the Von Ericks. I love me some uh, franchise. You know what? I'm going Shane Douglas. I just thought he was such a great heel in the ring, on the microphone. It was one guy versus three. I really loved what Shane did as a heel.
1: You want to talk about a guy that had a stranglehold on the ECW championship for, mm-hmm. or on the main company's title for so long? That's why
0: Taz did the FTW build, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and the fact that like he was kind of the game before Triple H. Yeah, that's that game? a great point. He kind of was. I mean, so he kind of laid the blueprint out. I mean, let's be real. As much as I have nothing but respect for the Freebirds. Same here. Freebirds were a little bit before my time. I mean, granted, I've seen a lot of their work in retrospect and it's amazing, but I have vivid memories of watching the franchise Shane Douglas in his prime. I gotta go Shane Douglas. Same.
2: As someone that does remember the run of the Fabulous Freebirds in fucking Texas,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. that heat was fucking
1: crazy. Oh I seen it firsthand, that shit was fucking crazy. You don't mess with them Ron Eric boys.
2: Oh no. That's God. <laughs> so in the 4-5 bracket, the game legend killer bracket, we got number 4 Triple H going against the hot one of the hot uh, heels today, Matt Cordona.
0: All right, well, I mean this is what I'm just going to touch on. Let's just be honest. Matt Cordona, I love what he's doing right now but the game has been doing it for so long just the reign of terror to me just God. it marrying the boss's daughter, everything else, I'm going Triple H.
1: I'm going to go Triple H as well. And, you know, if anything, Matt Cardona's matchup in the first round against Kane, I'm going to allude to this. Freaking Triple H tried to fuck a mannequin that was a stand-in for Kane's dead girlfriend, Katie Vick. Vick. Just want to talk about something that was done in very poor taste? It doesn't get it doesn't get more heelish than that. Come on. I think he pretended a banger and a casket, and then ripped out what looked like brains, and said, "I just took
0: their brains out and like threw it down." It was like, wow. I I was actually kind of impressed that WWE did
1: that, but it was a different day and age. It was a different day and age. Someone say they crossed the line. Little attitude error. Yeah. But yeah. So, <laughs> number five, Randy
2: Orton, the Legend Killer, the Viper, versus New Jack. Have fun.
0: Man, you got a real life heel versus a guy that plays one of the greatest heels of all time. This is a this is a tough one. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ!
1: I mean, anything you want to elaborate on? I mean, Randy or- uh, Well, well, let me ask you this: Do we do we want to see another Triple H Randy Orton matchup? Because. <laughs> <laughs> In a way, we could be building to that. And how many times have we seen that matchup play out on, on WWE uh, television? Uh, it is a tough one, man. Again, like, dude. New Jack is a real OG. And that dude would, like, straight up kill you. Randy Orton's a legend killer. New Jack is a fucking attempted murderer. Uh, huh.
0: Man, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I'm going to Orton just because of the the legacy of what he... Like, just, him being a heel, a student of the game, wrestling, could teach people how to be a real heel. I love him as a heel, and I'm not even the biggest Randy Orton fan. But, damn it, he is a great heel. Look, look, New Jack, what he's done is crazy. The stories, the documentary was awesome. The biography, advice—I'm going Orton. Who you got? I'm
1: going to you right I'm gonna be contrarian just because I want to put the ball in Ramsey's court on this one. Even though I know ECW bias could potentially come into play, possibly, here. possibly. But you might be surprised. I actually, I actually want to hear you give a compelling argument, Ramsey. I'm going to say New Jack. I already said I'm going to be contrarian. Okay. I want to hear a compelling argument from
2: you. Nope. Contrarian was—he made a statement that was contradicting himself. You said, Randy Orton teaches people how to be a real heel. I could,
0: yeah.
3: He's the fucking real heel.
2: Ooh, my bad. I, I screamed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the no. loudest you're gonna hear me on the podcast. I just look
0: at <laughs> the levels. New Jack okay. is a fucking oh, real he is. heel. Thousand percent. How
2: you gonna teach somebody how to be a real heel? Look at New Jack. I'm sorry, it ain't no biasy. Eh? He contradicted himself. That's why he moves on. No, wait, I, got you. I got you on that one. I'm sorry. That, no. Okay. He said, he teaches how to be a real heel. I'm like, man, New Jack doesn't? Just go look at his police record.
3: Like,
2: KKK was going after him. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you can't get any healers than that. I When we decided to put him in this tournament, I was like, you know, you're talking about a fucking real heel. That's, you can't... Nothing you can say All you do on the screen. Do you stab people? We'll get to the next one. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk that about game. that
0: more, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Crazy. I hope I didn't wake
2: up nobody in <laughs> 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 <That's> the <funniest laughs> house. I did, you did. That's funny as fuck, though. That's actually registered. That's the loudest I have that ever been That was the loudest I think anything's ever
0: happened the level, so that made will have Oh,
2: shit. <laughs> uh, in our next bracket, the hot rated R bracket, we got Roddy Roddy Piper at the number two seed versus Vader.
0: I mean, I'll let me some Vader, but we think it heals
1: Hot Rod all day. Dude, like, even just the mic work alone. Oh, hell yeah. Piper runs circles around Vader. I mean, granted, Vader was a monster, but, dude, Piper was fucking Piper. He was a loose cannon, he was freaking the Hot Rod. I mean, no questions, Piper.
3: Yeah. Alright.
2: Now, yeah, going to be fun listening to this shit. Number seven, Edge versus Seth Rollins.
1: Now they've had a they've had a great feud uh, fairly recently. Uh, WWE put out some great matches in the past mm-hmm. year. Uh, God, this is a tough one. Here's the thing, all right. Seth Rollins, I think, will eventually be Edge, but Edge is Edge right now. And he's still wrestling. He's still doing his thing. Granted, Moore is a face at the moment. But, like, Seth hopes to aspire to what Edge has done as a heel. And for that alone, i got to go with Edge. Like, I see the potential is definitely there for Seth to be an all-time great heel. But Edge did it first.
0: You're 100% right, and I agree with you on that one. I think Seth has the potential, but the fact that Edge also, like, uh, kayfabe or whatever, not kayfabe, whatever you want to call it, Married Vicky Guerrero so he could get title opportunity at the title K-fabe. opportunity. KFE married yeah. her. I love that. Or no, was
1: engaged to her. Or, yeah, and then cheated with the wedding planner, Alicia, Alicia Fox. Fox.
0: Yeah. So, just for that, yeah, I, I'm going to go Edge just because he's had a longer career, but let me some stuff.
2: Just for the future reference, he had a relationship with Alicia Fox. She's fucking that crazy. <laughs> just saying. I have license. Plus, you said earlier, Seth Rollins has that, that uh, hackle. The
0: yeah, that, that's what he's known for.
2: It's got the fucking look.
0: Yeah. It's got the uh, Jack Nicholson from The Shining look. Yeah. It uh-huh. looks cool, crazy. Yeah.
2: I was like, looking at pictures earlier. I was like, Damn, that dude fucking got that fucking look down. In the, uh, our last bracket, the Nature Boy flock, we got Ric Flair. Versus number three seed Ric Flair versus the Dudley Boys. Mm. If you want Ric Flair to go, don't put it in my hands.
1: I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm gonna go Dudley Boys here. If only because of the cool factor of the Nature Boy as a heel. That was gonna be
0: my my kind of argument to that because as much as I love Ric Flair, what he did in the NBA Championship uh in the 1980s when he was on top of the world, the leader of the Four Horsemen. We all—he was the, technically the heel, but let's be honest—he was the first real cool bad guy. Everybody wanted to be him. First, you know, love. me some Ric Flair. First million-dollar man, in my opinion, because he lived the gimmick, but he was cool as shit.
1: Would Ric Flair be as big of a heel if it wasn't for the Horsemen? That's a great point. Because they did all the dashly work. They—they they, they yeah, they did all, all the time. dirty. They did all the dirty work. They were the muscle. Yeah. Ric Flair was the Stalin profiling in the ring. He was the champion. He had the look. So yeah, Dudley Boys.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this about Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. Never was a million dollar man. Nope, he was a hundred thousand dollar man, but he was never the million dollar type. Never lived to that level of million dollar
0: man. Motherfucker squandered thirty million dollars in his career, lost gazillion Rolexes, wore uh, custom made suits, ten thousand dollar robes, See, Lear Jackson. I'm, a, I'm gonna I'm magazines. gonna counter I'm gonna counter Here's
2: your argument one. though. Here's this one. Yeah, he lost his own money. Yeah. Fucking TB Dassey lost. I was gonna say. Uh, I was about to
1: say. If
0: anything, if anything, that was gonna be my argument. Was that? That's why Rick, when we watched uh, when they did the retrospective of the Royal Rumble, when Ric Flair saw the million dollar gimmick, he goes, "God damn, I was the million dollar man. I wish they would have gave me their money to spend instead of my own." He was the first thing he brought up on the show. So to yeah. be
2: a heel, you spend other people's money. You don't spend your money. Hey man, he kayfabe
0: or whatever, he lived the gimmick. That was him. He was a shoot.
2: This is going to be interesting to listen, and I'm actually going to give you guys three minutes. Ooh.
3: Thank you. Because I know (laughs) know
2: how big marks are you guys for MJF, but he's going against the number six seed, Raven.
0: We didn't touch on him at all.
2: And we didn't touch on Raven, and I guarantee you, you can talk a lot of things about Raven and a lot of things you said that Triple H, you couldn't believe that they actually did. Well, yeah. Is what Raven actually did do, and continued to be like, what the fuck are we talking about? Uh-huh. So three minutes, number six, Raven, MJF, please leave it to me.
1: You know, well, here, uh, we'll give you a little insider baseball here. When we did this bracket a couple of weeks ago, the 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 heels redo, the the second edition of this, yeah, Raven was our ultimate winner. Oh, no, was.
0: Yeah, he was. You choose a, uh, no, Triple H. H. But Raven made it all the oh, way to the finals. He made he to the, it the finals. It the final. Final. That's right.
1: That's right. No. So that just goes to show you the
0: level of respect we have for Raven. If we're going to put it in the hands of Ramsey, if you want to take
1: MJF and I'll take Raven, like, do you want to work it out. I know how he's going to go, so I think it's kind of pointless to do a oh, put it in his hand. Okay. But I will say this I'm going I'm to give. Don't be like fucking a million dollar man. Do you <laughs> go <to that> again? <laughs> No, like, look, I'm going to give MJF a lot of credit for this because a lot of the stuff that he has done in the last, like, two and a half years of AEW has been absolutely phenomenal. He has been one of the most consistent best things on the program. Whether it was the whether it was the program that he ran with Cody Rhodes, where he ultimately ended up giving him ten lashes on live TV, basically whipped him like a government mule in the middle of the ring. Uh, the program that he's currently running with... CM Punk which has been absolutely outstanding several of his other programs that he's run um, the whole thing with uh, Darby Allen, mm-hmm. where he basically was like I'm gonna beat you with a headlock uh, takeover and what does he do he beats him with a headlock takeover like just great quality hero work amazing on the mic but dude Raven dude turned another man's family against him his crucified legs. somebody in the ring just like yeah, man. Yeah, I mean,
0: dude. So to MJF's point, look, I love me some MJF, man. And what he's doing isn't exactly new stuff. He, but what he's doing that is so such innovative is that he's taking old '80s, '90s concepts, he's reinventing them into today's age. But he's living the gimmick in a day and age where, even outside the ring, he's not really a nice guy. he's still is a prick. He's got his parents uh, helping him out by doing stuff. By saying, his "Parents uh, like
1: fuck our kid." Yeah, like.
0: he's like the last time he was an asshole, and they show a picture of him at like fucking five years old, like. It's hilarious. It's hysterical. He's living the gimmick in real life, which nobody really—not many people do in this day and age. He's doing it. He's just such a good heel on the microphone today. But the stuff he's doing has been done before. But he's doing it so good. He's making you love love it. But Raven, goddamn dude, what he did—innovative in the uh for ECW, the whole the look, the uh the grunge look that he did—it was just really cool with the time. Yeah, turning Sandman's son against him. Which is like, how more evil can you get than that? Uh, Crucifying Sandman, uh, what he did with like Beulah McGillicuddy and Tommy Dreamer, all that stuff, just constantly beating Dreamer. Just everything Raven did was just so dastardly. The Ravens flock.
1: What I, I mean, like, when I think of ECW title runs, yeah. I, I think of like three people come to mind the franchise, Shane Douglas, Taz, when he finally got to get to the belt. And then Raven having a stranglehold on it for so long, yes, even having like he didn't even really lose his belt. It he was the fact the that the flock that Stevie Stevie Richards lost the belt on his behalf. Yeah. Like dude, Raven like again, I have nothing but love for MJF. Raven to me though at, at this point superior heel. Yeah,
0: cuz what Raven did was so innovative. He did it in another promotion. I, I got to go. Right we right. could be having a
1: different conversation about MJF in a year's time, two years time. But when you look at the stretch, and like the sustained excellence as a heel, I think in the long haul you'll probably
0: say MJF. But I don't know. We never know. What Raven did ECW was just, I loved it. I
2: All right, so we're going into the to the bracket championships. You guys got, you got one minute. Okay. Here we talked about everybody. So in our first bracket, we got the number one seed, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, with the kind of like the upset starter of the bracket, the franchise Shane Douglas.
0: I think the one guy we didn't really touch on too much too much in today's episode was the Million Dollar Man, who is our number one seated bracket. Uh, Million Dollar Man had probably the one of the greatest gimmicks of all time in professional wrestling. We touched on it in our gimmick episode, but just the heel that he did, you know, just for crying out loud, making, you know, kids b- bounce a basketball, and then right when he's getting like 15 times, and right when he got the 14, sticks his foot out, and he's going to give him hundred dollars, right and up. like that was such dastardly. You had
1: a young Rob Van Dam that got in the ring and kissed his bare foot. Four hundred dollars, like uh-huh. it was just the
0: stuff he did was so devastating. Man barking like a dog. That's, yeah. I heard somebody said that, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's right!" It just such heel shit back in the eighties. I love it. LA. I was gonna say he had a black ballet, <laughs> LA. and I mean, whether or not the guy was on the payroll or not, it still had that image that was like you know. Real this,
1: quick, you talked about, or you had brought up earlier about Taz creating the FTW Championship because the franchise had a stranglehold on the ECW title. Yeah. Million Dollar Man created his own fucking belt. That's true. Because he couldn't get the WWF title. Yeah, it's dude, it's Million
2: Dollar Man. Um, oh, I just, just wanted to touch on him. him. I'm we just saying, because we last time, last time you guys didn't pick him.
1: And then uh, pissed me the you fuck blowing, off. you we, we, we just well, spent the last minute blowing smoke up his ass. We just, just we wanted to blow, blow smoke, up. of course
0: we're going Million Dollar Man. but. just saying. Let's move on. I wanted to touch on this point because we didn't do it earlier.
2: All right. In <laughs> yeah, the second bracket, we got to go to the Final Four. Number four, Triple H versus the Healish of <coughs> Heels, The King of Heels, New Jack. Yeah, I just called it. That's his gimmick name.
0: Well, I mean, to you, yeah, he is that guy in real life. But Triple H, the shit that he's done, it throughout the eons of like a bigger promotion and just the reign of terror burying the boss's daughter. We talked on it. Just
1: we haven't even touched on the fact of like Triple H burying people over here, dude. The course the of
0: this bur- during the reign of terror, the people he buried, the fact what he did to Booker T alone. I'm sorry, uh, but burying Rob Van Dam, burying Kane, burying all these guys, Chris Jericho, what he did to Booker T at WrestleMania 19 is enough for me to be like, dude. You touched on some very. Very cringy stuff, and it would have been okay had Booker T won, but the fact that not only did you beat him, you fucking pedigreed him, and then waited. In a day and age where people kick out of guys' finishes all the time, the fact that you uh, uh, took 23 seconds to cover Booker T, and the slowest three count ever was done after that, and you still beat him, fuck you, I'm going Triple H.
1: Yeah, I know New Jack tried to kill people, and we already touched on a good bit of that, but I'm going to say. Triple H killed people's careers. Yes. And I'm hmm. gonna go Triple H, and I know it's gonna piss hmm. Ramsey I just off. A but question.
2: Hmm. Is there a question? Dark Side of the Ring showed talking about the heelish shit that Triple H stuff? No, but is a, a Dark Side Ring the Ring about if you try to kill, so paralyze somebody off, jumping off? Uh, we touched on all that. I'm just saying. T- 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 I know you talk about real life heel,
1: but I'm also gonna talk about the careers that were. I think you had more careers that were destroyed thanks in part to Triple H compared to New Jack.
0: Then, well, Triple H tried to kill guys' careers that were known. New Jack just legit did, did try to kill people. So well, they did the <laughs> yeah.
1: Goldberg in the fucking
0: elimination chain. Yeah, hundred percent. You're right on that one. Yeah. So I killed, killed killed
1: killed this first run in WWF before he even fucking began. Yeah. His Next first bracket. First well, I'm
0: just
2: saying, like he almost killed a 17 year old. Well, yeah. That is true. I'm <laughs> um,
1: killed
0: and then yeah. that other guy I can't forget his name yeah I know I know Scarf it going to piss you
1: off but say damn near, near beat the it. crap it out really of beautiful. a
0: 72 year old man have so guy. another
1: one that I'm
2: to love to see you guys debate we got number 2 Roddy Piper versus number 7 Edge
0: oh man that's a good one
1: man yeah that, this is definitely a tough matchup I'm going to you know what I'm going to go Edge here and the only the only reason why i'm going to go with edge is like as great of a heel as piper was what's one of the big knocks against his career quote unquote the wwf what
0: is in ring work no or no no just was... like
1: the biggest thing that's missing from oh world. he never
0: held the championship or a world title there you go no, i'm sorry
1: for that reason i'm going to uh, personal preference i'll go with edge this round Damn
0: dude, this is a tough one, man. Um, as much as I love me some Piper and the dastly things he's done in outside the ring, Puerto Rico, just getting stabbed everywhere because he was such a dick. I think the same thing, Edge kinda reminds me similar of Triple H, but just more simple Then one of your friends, girlfriends. God damn it.
1: Piper never did anything like Edge.
0: that. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I could have coin flipped that one, man. Seriously. But wow. That was a tough one for me.
2: You guys didn't bring up the coconut incident. Yeah, a snooker. Yeah. yeah. The blackface incident. Yeah. He was, a, he, he was actually a good
0: guy in that match. He was trying to show how people were (laughs) connected. I'm I'm gonna uh, represent the black and the white community. I know it it does. I'm not the most racist
2: fucking thing you can do with fucking white people. I'm not condoning it. I'm I'm just
0: saying the reasons why he did it. I'm I'm not validating it at all. But again, he was the baby face. I was gonna say he was the baby face in that match. (laughs) I'm just that's all I'm saying. Oh fuck, the baby face, but the most heinous thing you can do.
3: Uh,
2: in our last bracket. We got the Dudley Boys versus number
0: six, Raven. The all ECW final here. (laughs) Oh, damn, is this a tough one. Shit. The Dudley Boys were such dazzling heels. People wanted to kill them, but what Raven did was so innovative. And it wasn't just like pissing people off. Well, well I'm sorry, let me phrase that. Like, fans just drew heat by like just purposely going out there and getting people to boo. What he did was more innovative storyline telling than it was just going out and on the microphone telling people how much they sucked. For this, I'm going Raven.
1: Dude, it, 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 Ramsey looks like he's going to have a fucking meltdown over here. I should, know, I, should, I, should I just go Dudley Boys to put the ball in your court yeah, to you make you to feel a little bit it, better? Yeah, I think you'd be. Go for it. I mean, my personal preference I would say Raven as well, but I'm gonna say Dudley Boys because I wanna hear what Ramsey has to say. As great
2: stop as far. So as great as the Dudley Boys are, when you fucking crucify somebody in a fucking ring.
0: He had to apologize for it the week after, so yeah, go ahead.
2: And the shit is still now since cringes down people's spines
0: it was in bad taste and it was what Kurt Angle got him the reason why he almost threw a lawsuit at ECW he was like I'm not signing here when he saw that he made his debut in Pittsburgh where they, where they did it yeah and he was like nope I'm staying away from this and
2: also we can talk all about the bad things that heels do uh huh but he singly handedly created one of the greatest baby faces in that company's history dreamer and that's something what a heel is supposed to do Great, great baby faces. What Piper helped Hogan do, Raven did for Tommy Dreamer. So Raven moves on just for that reason. That's no, right, the right? I love the right that person's point. That's moving a,
0: on. That's a great point, Ramsey. I love that point.
2: So we got our final four. Uh, we got. Um, I'm just moving some things around so I can get a better uh, bracket. We got in the first. First matchup, we got Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, with the one seed versus number four seed Triple H. Ooh. And one minute, I'll, I'll give you two minutes.
1: as yeah, I was say, it's the final four. You got to get slow. Again, you know, like, oh, see, as great as the Million Dollar Man gimmick is. And no matter how much it will endure, no matter how many times they've tried to replicate it, it's never been done to the level of success that Ted DiBiase had with it. Mm -hmm. Whether it was like um, Alberto Del Rio, JBL, you know, basically anybody they brought in to be like this rich man gimmick. Yeah. They could never duplicate it to the level that Ted DiBiase did. But dude, again, Triple H, man. You want to talk about the heel character in the ring, the politicking behind the ring. Um, the fact that he had a big hand in screwing over Bret Hart at Survivor Series, whether you realize it or not. The fact that he flat out told Vince, if Bret doesn't want to do business, we'll have to do business for him. You know, that he had a hand in the Montreal job. Again, we talked about the burial of people's careers and everything like that. If you want to talk about on-screen and and behind-the-scenes heel, I'm going to go with an upset here, and I'm going to go Triple H. Yeah, I know. Rams is not going to like my answer either. I
0: love me Million Dollar Man. One of the greatest gimmicks of all time. I stand by that. I think with the the heat that he got in 80, uh, 88 before WrestleMania four was one of the, the, the greatest. I love that character. That will always stand off in my mind. But really, he was only... You know, designated, he should have won the belt, and that's what always pissed me off. One of the greatest what if wonders. But I just, everything you just said about Triple H, just behind the scenes politicking in the ring, you know, heel on the screen behind the scenes. I just think of, I I gotta go Triple H. Okay, I'm just gonna give my
2: sense here. I know, we pissed you off. No, you have your your opinions, it's valid. He, He did win the title, but he didn't win the title, he bought the fucking
0: championship. That's right, he did. Yeah, so and then they the immediately vacated deal. the belt. Well, H- that's
2: the heelish thing you do. And, and then I he did win it. He he was award. awarded
0: the title by fucking Eric Bischoff because, like, politics. like.
2: First no. hold, on, hold on. First thing, first thing. Yeah. Now let's, let's bring this back. Because, <laughs> oh, now the second time, the second biggest highness. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying right now about behind the scenes, go start researching fucking Kevin Sullivan and see what he has done. Because oh, all that. you're saying, Kevin Sullivan, done worse in fucking triple H behind the scenes. Oh, okay. So you know what? I love this. You going to talk about behind the scenes? Fuck that, because you just voted um, Kevin Sullivan out a couple the first of, round. Or the first round H, and you didn't really say his background on the things. But here's the thing: what you guys know, but what you guys know of, I'm telling you, behind the scenes, fuck that shit. Are you talking about heel shit? As a heel on on the screen, you buy the championship, you make your own championship. You fucking making minorities do shit that you're not, you're not supposed to do on fucking TV is more heelish than the, all the politicking on the side. To me, that's all I'm saying. Okay,
0: now to be fair, I did not know any of this behind the scenes. I just knew his thing, you know, kind of what he did in Florida, but I didn't really but, know But he been, did. Been
1: to his point, he did, that on a, he did that in more like territory days. When he was the booker in WCW, did he book himself to be champion? No. No. Did, has Triple H booked himself to be champion when he was in a position of power? Yeah. Yes.
2: But Kevin Sullivan did fuck up a lot of careers. Oh, I'm sure he did. Oh, yeah. uh, I will I will do my research, bookers, especially in WCW. I'm just—he uh, drew a lot of people out from WCW. The reason why WWE got some of the some of the good stars in the '90s and '80s from WCW. Reason why kind of Ric Flair kind of left the territory. Left the WCW was kind of mm. one of the behind the scenes was Kevin Sullivan. There's yeah, but a did, lot but of did, bad blood with people and Kevin Sullivan. No, yeah, I but okay,
1: but again, nice. to counterpoint that, when a lot of those guys left WCW and they went to WWF, did they become somewhat successful? Absolutely. When Triple H is doing a lot of this stuff, was there a WCW for the people that left the company to then turn to? No, they had to go to Impact. They would say that TNA.
0: And uh, we know how we
1: feel about TNA, or at least know, how two two no, uh, of this roster feels and about TNA. And I will TNA. do
0: my research on that one. Shame we for not well, knowing well,
2: that. But same to a point is the uh, Drew McIntyre. Right? Where did he go after WWE? His first WWE run. Uh,
0: what was that English promotion? Thank you. Uh, and, and what he is? Well,
1: he he had like a small stretch in WCPW slash Defiant, but he yeah, you know, he did like. Loves. He did a few other stuff and the UK He went to Impact
0: war. after he did that, but he reinvented himself completely. But yeah, he had to go to a small, small market. And he did. And, so know,
2: those wrestlers that left WWE at the time did not do their work. I'm just saying. I'm just they saying.
0: probably didn't, but...
2: Don't bring up his background if you don't know the background of someone you voted out
1: before. Are you old fart? What's no, the next matchup? I'm still bringing <laughs> it up because I didn't know.
2: <laughs> number 7, Edge versus number 6, Raven.
0: Mm. Mm. Uh, I mean, I could be quick. Uh, we talked on both of these guys. I'm going to go... I love me some heel Edge, but I got to go Raven, man. He's just so innovative. And maybe it's... No, it's not about Izem, That's just me calling it.
1: I mean, dude, look, as dastardly as a lot of the stuff that Edge has done was was pretty... You know, pretty fucked up kayfabe-wise. The real-life shit of, like, him messing around with Lita is pretty fucking bad, too. <laughs> look, I love the fact... But, dude, Raven like a lot of stuff that Raven did, I, I I I'm not sure if even some of that could get away in the Attitude Era. Absolutely not, though no. You know? Um His
0: promos just were were awesome promos. And the shit yeah, crucifying a dude. you couldn't do that.
1: I mean WWF did crucify somebody. They, 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 Undertaker crucified Stone Cold even it, though it wasn't real crucifix was yeah. crucifixion
0: according yeah. to Bruce Prichard I forget what he calls it it,
1: it, 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 was a, it was a tie it was a tie up it was a, <laughs> yeah
0: something of religious iconography it was just a symbol
1: yeah, know, yeah we that, want that, that, that's Bruce Prichard's but yeah no Raven, now here's the funny thing on. this is the
0: exact semi-final matchup we had when we redid this show
1: yeah so I mean now it goes to show you how we feel about these two people yeah I mean shit so
2: in our finals Put three minutes on the clock. Triple H, number four, Triple H versus number six Raven. For all y'all out there, this is a rematch. Three minutes,
1: guys. Kinda kinda crazy that I played out this way yet again. I'm kinda once I saw the final four. Sure. Uh, when
0: I saw the final four I knew it was gonna be this was gonna be the main event. It was uh, meant to be.
1: I'm going to stand behind my decision to first go around and say Triple H. And if only, like I said, from a... Didn't
2: this guy just talk a little while ago that Raven won it all?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I did, but... Deep down, he wanted Raven. Deep down, yeah. The little grunge kid in me really wanted Raven. But I was going to say, if we want to talk about for a longer, sustained period of time of just... What fucking people over, both in storyline and behind the scenes. Granted, Triple H on the back end of his career did a lot of good when it comes to like NXT and what he created and developed down there. But if we're talking about the game in his prime. We didn't even touch on that legendary feud that uh, he ran with Shawn Michaels when Shawn Michaels first came back from the back injury. Oh, I love that feud, man. And how everybody was ready to see the reunification at DX and then Triple H, like, as they're doing the whole, let's get ready to suck it, booting Shawn in the the gut and then giving him the pedigree and then waylaying on him with the sledgehammer and then fucking just everything else. I know it's nowhere near the level of what Raven was doing on TV, but I'm just talking about like a long period of sustained shittiness.
0: Alright, so Triple H has been a bad guy on and off multiple times, but that Reign of Terror, the whole game, really from 99 to probably 2000 and... I'd say 2005, was a hell of a stretch of just vile shit, pushing yourself, promoting yourself, because you're, you're married the boss's daughter, or you're dating her at the time. What Raven did in the '90s with ECW, a lot of people don't know about, and I feel that I can't really do it the just that it deserves. EJ can probably do it way more than I can. Uh, I remember the interviews. I remember how dastardly it was. Um, you was sh- the blue meanie. I mean, I love me Stevie Richards, and uh, the Ravens flock. I remember in ECW. I remember playing. I mean, uh, the WCW as well, but also ECW is where it originally started. You know what?
1: I feel like we got a watered-down version of Raven in WCW. You
0: really did. You got a very much watered-down version of him. He didn't do anything. I've
1: seen him a couple years ago. He can not barely walk right now.
0: Poor guy. Mm. And I love the guy himself. Um,
1: Johnny Polo in WWF, man. Yeah, with the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about a complete 180 in gimmicks and everything, man? Like, dude, Raven just totally reinvented himself when he went to ECW. Yeah, yeah, That's crazy. Dude. Um...
0: God damn, dude! Then has they to position.
2: have the fucking uh, uh, headbangers? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> oh, look what he did! DCW, we could have a
1: tag team. All
0: right, Randy chose Triple H.
1: I feel like you should leave it up to Ramsey. Even I don't. I, I don't want to
0: give it to Triple I, H. I, that's I, that's I, the thing. I'm gonna I, give Raven, and I'm gonna let EJ uh, or Ramsey. Know, I know up. where. I know where Ramsey's gonna go with it, but you know you what? Know what? Screw it. If that's the way it is, that's the way Finally it is. Finally
2: redemption because the person that should win it is going to do it. Please, you got the floor.
1: Take it away. Take it so away. Raven's the winner. Is
2: going to win by de facto. Because as great as Triple H is, is a heel, I'm not saying that he's not. All the shit behind the scenes, yeah, yeah. Politics is not heelish. It's politics.
1: Marrying the boss's daughter to get ahead is a pretty bold fucking move.
2: Isn't it? Because the last time I looked, they really looked like they're in love. And he was already on his skyrocket to start him. He just fucked his own ass up. With, he was he had to take the heat for the fucking... Uh,
0: uh, for the curtain cur- call. For the curtain call. He took his fucking heat. But you were in a relationship with China, and you're like, hey, man, here's the boss's daughter. I'm in a, a kayfabe relationship inside the ring, but I'm having feelings for... This could... Go places and, and they, they, they kind of ghost China and all ghost of it. China and all that. So I look. I'm not. Do you? At the end of the day, I'm not. Ju- well, I'm judging, but I I don't care. It's you know they happily joking. married supposedly. They are yeah, happily they married. Have three have daughters. Have
1: kids, yeah.
2: You know. Yeah. Yeah. So like, so did he get get ahead, or did he really marry for love? Ask the question that he only knows. But I do know about it Raven.
1: It could be a two-fold thing.
0: It really could be. I think it is.
2: As much as for heels. That is it's about what you can do dastardly and how to cheat to win and everything and what what can you do to make you go ooh like oh that's fucked up your main goal is to make baby faces mm-hmm. and what Raven did cause let's be honest if you remember Tommy Dreamer coming in ECW he had the the red suspenders with the little sparkles, and he was just—he was kind of more—he was—he was
1: kind of more of an enhancement talent, or exactly. at least that's the vibe he gave off.
2: He just looked like just nah, he ain't gonna be nothing special. And that feud with him and Raven, Raven made Tommy Dreamer,
1: and, and like, when you well to your point with that too, the fact that like the whole thing with Dreamer was the fact that he kept losing. And you you think that it would the day had finally come when Raven was going to get his comeuppance and then guess what nope Dreamer lost again, and it's like you want to talk about stringing people along for so long but it was so captivating, like it didn't get old it didn't get boring it wasn't like oh Dreamer's going to lose again you know it uh-uh. just just feels like uh, 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 uh. ah ah
2: ah 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 and then the same thing happened with the best, Sandman.
1: Nobody likes being cocktees, but that was like the best cocktees. He just created like when you think of
2: ECW, the soup like the baby faces and the superstars, you the first two comes in your mind is Tommy Dreamer, Sandman. And those two were made
1: by Raven. And let's be real here too, because Sandman was all gimmick. The dude could not work in the ring.
2: Sandman's a six pack and a pack of cigarettes. That's all he is. That's his entrance. That's He's all he He's an entrance. Has. That's all he is. Yeah. You give him a six-pack beer and a fucking a pack of cigarettes, and he play fucking Andrew Sandman three or four times. There. He literally
0: would smoke three cigarettes, drink the whole six-pack, bash it over his head, be all bloodied, and then go in the ring. he
2: would be concussed and everything. <laughs> yeah. And yet, in, in your job for heels, too. Like, TBI, he said he never won the title. again, get a but- well, that's the thing. He made—he's one of the reasons. Him and Piper is one of the two reasons why Hulkamania was so big in the '80s. Well, yeah, they made Hogan. So it's just like to me, like Triple H. You, I can say it, I'm like the only person I can say that he made was Orton. But to me, that DNA in Orton is fucking Orton blood. But so, you know. Dude,
0: Raven was so good just for the fact that his simple promos, what he did, (laughs) like, Raven was a depressed, nihilistic sociopath in grunge-inspired clothing who delivered eloquent philosophical promos containing literary allusions, often punctuating them with, quote the Raven, nevermore, and we all remember the pose, striking the pose, sticking the arms out, you know, like, it was so just iconic for his gimmick in ECW, and I'm just gonna leave it with this, when you have Paul Heyman, and remember, this is ECW, where they could get away with anything, Paul Heyman said it's probably the only night in ECW history where we had to ever apologize for what we did. Was what Raven did. That pretty much says everything you need to know about. The strict pose with the
2: arms, but it's how he got in the ring, and he just sprawled out on the turnbuckles on the bottom turnbuckle. Yeah, they just sat on the and just go. sat there, and he just had that that stared off in the in no nowhere land. Or stare down his opponent. It's just those iconic moments. Yeah, I think Triple H has the best entrance. His regular entrance is probably the best entrance just because it's just plain and simple. Water bottle, lights. It's a know. badass
0: gimmick. Play motorhead.
2: Yeah, it, it's a great gimmick. <laughs> yeah. But what Raven did coming in, and then he only strike that pose when he got when he got announced mm-hmm. and when he won. But he was always just on that turnbuckle. And that, to me, it was just, that's the most... The bottom buckle, to me, is the Raven buckle. 100%. Because that that it is. So, if you, Raven wins.
0: And I just remember, like, the, the TV screen going black and white. And then it would just cut to, like, Raven, sitting in, like, a dark, maybe, like, a play whatever it was at, woods, playground, whatever, just soft-spoken, like Jake the Snake, cutting beautiful promos. I, I loved it, man.
1: It, it had a very... Um not necessarily like horror feel to it. If anything, it had, like the gimmick itself and everything had a very House of Manson feel to it. Yes. like Marilyn. Because he had like, like a family I mean, uh, brainwashed people he, he like was to following him leader, yeah. He was a cult leader, so to speak. You know, and he drew like-minded people to his cause. He very charismatic, but in a very soft-spoken way. And, um, yeah, no, it, it was just very innovative stuff.
2: He was a blue meaty. How how scary it is? Look, I seen the Blue Meanie live a couple years ago, and seeing a fat guy with short shorts sitting <sighs> in the first second row, oh god, yeah. need some different <laughs> underwear to wear underneath his tight tight short shorts. But the Blue Meanie uh, Richards combo and the Ravens flock, Bulem... Uh, to me brings back so many memories of ECW. Triple H is all great and everything, but. As much as bad he done he fucking DX was a it was a great brings you to bring good moment you know so it's just like on, Triple H has played heel, face, heel, face. Raven was just a fucking heel. But it was just one of those heels is like, oh fuck, now you think about it is like one of my favorite wrestlers.
0: And just the fact seeing the, the Sandman's son just being like brainwashing his child and the Sandman's son being like Daddy you're a drunk now I worship Raven and then the Sandman just stunned on his knees crying broke the guy.
3: Well
2: look kind of how innovative was that. They crucified a guy then WWF tried it.
1: hmm
2: They took uh, another man's son and, and had him dead. Then WWF Ed, it. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. Now mind you that um, Heyman wrote that was running Smackdown at the time so mm-hmm. coincides but what they were doing ECW I'll
1: still kind of goes I'll even throw another uh, angle at this like Raven in a way kind of helped make Punk and yeah had to part with Punk of his in his the career. indies man yeah yeah you know, because Punk being the straight edge, you know, white meat babyface going up against Raven and all of his sins and vices and everything like that. I mean, it was definitely some compelling storytelling. Um, you know, in Punk's early days. So I mean, talk about job of a heel making a babyface. There you go.
2: Yep. Number one priority is to make a babyface.
1: So that's uh, I mean that's that's the bracket. And we kind of gave our final thoughts on it. Just had to touch on it for a little bit. But, uh, yeah, that's, our final, that's my final thoughts about everything. So. Yeah. No, I mean, look, I have no I have no qualms with uh, Raven being the winner. Um, like I said, we, we picked Triple H last time, but it was the same matchup in the final. Makes sense that Raven goes over clean this time. As um, I was gonna say, next week's uh, topic, Ramsey, what uh, what we are going to talk about? Elimination Chamber?
2: Well, before we get that, we're going to go to break because... We got a surprise. Oh, we do. Yes, we got a little twist, and we got a little twist going on.
1: Oh, all right. Uh, well, I guess uh, we'll cut to break. Stick around. We'll be back and uh, see what the surprise is. All right.
2: And after our break, I just threw a, a curveball at Randy, and Randy's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I kind of talked to Kurt a little bit before, but I want to make this a surprise because I like how you do the endings, and I'll be like. Ah. So yeah, you always do that, <laughs> guys. I just thought about this this morning, and I was like, "I'm going to do it."
1: This is a cool concept. I gotta I give you credit for that. So
2: we're doing our first, raging marks wrestling pay per view, and what I did was, I kept looking at two names on the list, and it will be our main event. And I was like, "I want to see a match." We never saw it, never could. Well, could have happened, but we—it was never going to happen. Then there was two other names, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" And there was another two, and I was like, "I'm going to make a pay-per-view." And since it's Mardi Gras season, Mardi Gras Massacre One. And I think yeah, we're going to start doing this. I—we're going to talk off-air because me and Kurt talked about some things and mm-hmm. come up with something. And, be interesting. Know, be I, I, I dig there.
1: this I dig this concept. I think it's kinda cool what you put together. I'm kinda curious to see what this pay per view card looks like. Okay. So
2: our first leadoff match is gonna be a ladder match against the Miz versus MJF. Ooh. That's actually really true. So I want you guys to think who would you would like to see and then I'll tell you who actually wins. Wait,
1: wait. You know you know what? Like, look, alright. Ms. has had his moment in the sh- in the sun. When I think ladder match, I think of like taking that step to the next level. Miz has been to the top of the mountain before. MJF, what what's his title claims right now? He's a three time Diamond Ring winner yes. in AEW. Yes. Hasn't held a TNT title. Ha you know, he's on the precipice of vying for the AEW championship at some point, I, I think this year mm-hmm. that's gonna happen. I'm ready for MJF to have his moment in the sun. Even though MJF, according to CM Punk, is a poor man's version of The Miz. Huh. I'm gonna, I didn't to hear
2: that, that I made this. I didn't watch it last night. Uh, so it's perfect.
1: Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm going to go with MJF. Yeah, man, this is
0: great. I know who it is right now. Um, I was actually going to... I was thinking Miz, but because of the, the latter fact, what we talked about—Money in the Bank a ladder match winner, WrestleMania, main event WrestleMania, two-time w, uh, WWE Heavyweight Champion—Mgf's time's coming. Maybe the Miz time. I, I'm gonna—I'll go Miz. All right, Ramsey what we got?
2: So, guys, talk about how MJF up and coming, right? Yeah. Well, what's the one thing he doesn't have? Maurice. you. <laughs> so MJF is about to win. But who comes out of the, who comes out of
1: the back, Maurice? Hmm. Who Holds does them down? I'm gonna I'm gonna counter your argument with a who does MJF have? Granted, it, they're gonna break him up very very soon. Oh, they who does MJF they're have? They're teasing it. He's got Wardlow. Wardlow. He's got uh, FTR. Spears. He's got the Chairman Sean Spears. He's got an army. He's got the MIZ has a
2: wife. But do you think any of those guys are gonna hit fucking Maurice? You oh, just, but you know what? But also too, he has a best friend. Might not be in WWE East now, but Morrison's gonna be there. This is my. This is our. Our. our John Drip, Drip is gonna be there. Then you got his wife there.
1: Tara Balper. Oh,
2: but then then you got other friends too. So yeah. i was gonna say
0: he's I'm got friends <coughs> in real life. He's, he's got Ryan. Is, is
1: Ryan Cabrera gonna come out from the back and help him out too?
2: Our pay per view. But I just know Maurice is underhanded enough that he she takes him, JF, glow glows him. She climbs up and gets gets the uh, Mardi Gras beads.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> and because she's married to. Does she show her tits at the top of now, the ladder too? Does the top too? of the
0: ladder have the kid set up the, uh, the wooden box <laughs> <laughs> with wheels? It's,
2: <laughs> it's our pay per view. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, but man. But in real life, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so our second match is just a regular WWE-style match. I think you guys will be pleasantly surprised with these two. Seth Rollins, Rick Rude.
1: Ooh. Ah. Drip God versus the man that... All the women wanna be with and all the men wanna be like home. Rick
0: Rude was just a flat out bad I mean in real life he was a tough son of a bitch. He was a, a professional world. Can I
2: say one thing before you guys talk? Yeah. Yes. Becky Lynch is is, is on his pants.
1: Oh. oh god, I love it. <laughs> that's the case man,
2: Fucking Rick Rude's
0: one. I love me <laughs> some Seth. I love me some Seth, but just Rick Rude uh doing uh, the uh the uh the uh the, uh, the what was the finishing move called? The, uh, the Ravishing? The Rude
2: Awakening. Rude Awakening the Rude Awakening, thank you. Yeah.
0: And he's facing the camera and he's swinging his hips, but you see the uh, gyration, but you see Becky Lynch's face on the crotch hole area while he's gyrating the hips when he hits the Rude Awakening. Pins him, faces the camera, does the elbow. Oh, God.
1: And he blows the kisses at Becky Lynch's ringside, or if, you know, whatever. It, I, I love it. You know what? I'm going to be contra- contrarian and I'm going to say Seth Rollins, if only for the fact that. Unlike when Rick Rude gyrated in Jake the Snake's wife's direction, and she just sat there and was like, ah, ah, ah. if he gyrates in Becky Lynch's direction, Becky Lynch is gonna get in that ring and do a manhandle slam. Maybe so, she kicks. Maybe him. maybe he hits him with a disarmor.
0: I can see her like giving him a low blow, and then like Seth cashes in on it with like the curve stomp or something. There ain't no way Becky likes to do that. Root. I like that.
2: I like that. I like the I like the you know the curb stomp. He's going for a curb stomp. I like that. That's the finishing.
0: Yeah, going I for it a works. curb course. Yeah, like that, that sets it up.
3: What?
2: Bobby Heen is there too. Grabs a foot of Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins turns around, Rick Rude comes up, Rude Awakening, Rick Rude wins.
0: That's the way to save it. God,
2: you guys said everything. Becky Lynch.
3: You guys forgot Bobby Heenan?
1: I did. I forgot got about
3: Bobby
1: that. You Bobby Heenan? you didn't establish that. No, no. But it's he's, Rick Rude. He's, I know, he's, I know. Yeah, I know. I he's saying there's a right, curveball too, so to it. I love it. I go dig go. it.
2: Becky Lynch on the pin. That's, that's Bobby Heenan and Rick Rude.
1: Okay, what we
0: got?
2: <laughs> so our next match is a Hell in a Cell. And this is actually our semifinal matchup. Edge. Raven. Ooh.
0: I think he's original ECW legend. Edge, Edge would have Edge with that match with Mick Foley in WrestleMania 22 in Chicago. He would have won over the ECW originals in um, Philadelphia with that match. So Edge was could have been a great hardcore wrestler in ECW in the day. Man, God, that's a tough one.
2: We're talking about let's look to the '90s Hell in a Cell. Oh yeah. Before all the limitations come down. Yeah. How great would BC Raven in a fucking hell in a cell? You don't need to do oh, any man.
0: hijinks, no climbing the cage if you don't need to. They could have just done it in the ring, killed each other. Would have been awesome. Ah God. If okay, so obviously you could go two ways with this. Let's just say Raven's flock finds a way to get in the cage, or maybe they're hiding under the ring the whole time. Who knows? Stevie Richards super kicks Edge, but then you have Edge with the Brood, or maybe my uh, dude. <laughs> <You could've laughs> yeah, I you mean, that,
1: so that's there we go. That's that's like well to me that's kind of a no brainer when you see the pairing here, so. but it's it's an interesting dynamic of those two different factions. Who wins out in the end? I just think
0: that uh, the dastardliness of Maybe Raven just being, getting away with it more, somehow makes it work. I don't know how. I'd like to hear Ramsey's explanation on well, how this is going to go.
1: Well, because, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to go Raven here because if we even think about the Brood versus the Flock, all right, was Edge the leader of the Brood? No, he wasn't. It was Gangro. So I think
0: I think there was more people in Raven's Flock, probably. Usually, that, when ECW was just really Blue Meany and Stevie Richards, although there were other people in it as well. Mm-hmm. I guess yeah I guess I go raven well, what you got
2: forgetting the Edge is the
0: equal opportunities yeah he really
2: Altered is opportunities so, yeah you know, I will. Edge pulls something out of his pants I like how, I like how
0: you're doing this I'm, I'm cool with that you know
2: he comes out with something I don't, I don't know
0: he takes flock, advantage of something yeah, yeah. you
2: know let's let's do it we said to brood, we got the flock but his wife comes bail his ass out that does a glam slam on Raven. Huh. Edge takes the chair, puts the little bar in his fucking mouth, taps out Raven in, in the ring.
1: You, I'm over for 3 in this fucking pay-per-view so far. Are you, are you purposely trying to fuck me <laughs> over because I'm good at picking these other pay-per-views? He's probably mad at you us. Get, no, I'm just going to say,
2: Edge, I thought, you know, Edge is the, uh, takes the opportunity to, to take that little slam opening.
0: The current Edge, I love that because he's kind of in the gray right now. And I could totally see him do it because he still is the ultimate opportunist to this day, even with this character. So, yeah, I could see him going crazy and doing that. And he's then, a Wiley veteran now. So, so, I mean, he's, he's gonna got the experience all the too. Yeah. yeah. So. Like the next that.
2: one's just a regular match. I really couldn't think of anything special for these two. But, the loser, fuck it. Loser goes to the insane asylum Randy Orton, Psycho Sid. Force Not a great match, but it's Orton. Orton. We're talking about Orton like or like in the 2000s
0: you're talking like 2009 when he yeah. had Cody Rhodes and Ted DiBiase?
1: that's my favorite version of Orton yeah
2: we're talking about like the, like the psychotic legacy. you know when he goes hear, I, of, I
1: literally hear voices in my, in my head yeah I'll I'll be honest I have never been a sid person at any point in his career it's like what I granted I know he had a couple of runs with the WWF title He's a former horseman. Blah. Like when I think of Psycho Sid, I think of two things. Him, and, and, and sadly, one of them is him breaking his freaking leg trying to jump off the <clears throat> second rope in WCW. The other thing is him fucking up a promo and be like, "No, nope, right. we're alive, buddy. You gotta keep going." All right, so I'll try
0: to give Sid, uh, Sid psycho sid Sid vicious Sid justice, whatever you want to call him, his somewhat do. I had a toy with him back in the day of WCW c w because he was a legit badass, and the fact that e w c you know w b just how big he was being six foot nine, yeah just how jacked the guy worked out two times a day, first thing in the morning. He had the physique, man. He, You know, he just didn't have the the mental capacity because he never lasted long. Any he didn't time have the desire
1: back, because he, he was more... He, he, he'd rather go and play softball than make a career in the ring. If I want to think Prime Sid God, because in early WCW, he
0: was really fucking a, a beast. But also, in 1996, when he won the belt Survivor Series, just the, that New York crowd cheering him on. Really, they just wanted Shawn Mike to lose the belt. But he was the ruler of the world. It was a cool gimmick, um... The ruler and master of the world, yeah. Sid was just a a tough dude. If this is a real-life shoot, obviously Sid's going to win this. He's a big fucking guy. But Orton, just how crazy he
1: is. He's going to use whatever tactics it takes to win. Dude, like, I I mean, granted, like, back in... Over the years, I've talked a lot of shit about Orton because I just felt like he kind of hung in the main event picture for... It it felt like an attorney. But, like, real talk, he's good in the ring. When When he's heel and he's in the right program, he's fucking amazing at what he does I mean even the shit with Riddle right now is captivating and entertaining even though he's technically a baby face but I mean dude I would much rather watch a Randy Orton match than I would a Psycho Sid match oh come on and for I that mean. alone I'm, I'm going Orton I am just want to give Sy- uh, Psycho Sid his just through just how much of a badass and scary man he really is I he's a good dude in real life Guy. Yeah, I'm going no, I mean, I'm not. And, and I'm not. I'm not trying to shit on him personally. Just when I think of career, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not I agree with that.
2: Look, this is a ten minute match. It's a filler match. Yeah, you got to have something to bring yeah. you down from the hell in the cell until our next great match, which I think is a great match. Um, but you know, Psycho said, "Go try to go back on the second rope." You know, or do I have to say.
1: Yeah, R- RKO out of nowhere, <laughs> and, and, and and Sid breaks the other leg in the process <laughs> I <you> <laughs> if, if, I gonna, that, if I was gonna, that. if I was gonna, <laughs> if gonna break, it all started because all started.
2: Sid vicious gets in the ring, <laughs> does a promo, fucks up, and then Orton starts coming and making fun of him, and the match starts beginning. Blah blah blah. You get the, the Randy Orton again. Yeah. and at the end, Psycho Sid goes off the second rope, get the RK from nowhere. One two three, Orton wins. It's just a filler match. A filler match. Hey, I won a one one. <laughs> First thing, I would love to see if, if the, in this spot instead of Psycho Sid, if Pillman was in in the in the tournament, this would be Pillman's spot. Pillman versus Orton would have been a better.
1: That would that would be. If you
0: could have the brain and the coolness of the, um God, I'm drawing a blank. I'm so sorry, uh, Brian Pillman, the Loose Cannon, Brian Pillman. With the ability of flying Brian in the early WCW against Randy Orton, dude, I love me some Brian Pillman. If you could connect those two characters of Brian Pillman together,
2: I really, I would like to see Loose Cannon Brian Pillman versus let's say Cincinnati versus Cincinnati, Sean Michaels. That would have been the two, two dream matchups. I would that was the dream matchup I would like to see. I mean, shit, you're
0: basically looking at yeah, like uh, two different generations of the, the same chili person. Chili Bowl match, yeah. Spaghetti Chili Bowl, <laughs> or so,
2: our next match is a <coughs> TLC match. So, obviously, Dudley boys in this, right?
0: I would think so. But they're not. Yes, they are.
2: Uh-huh. Okay, good. Against the Freebirds.
0: <laughs> so, I don't know if we're, yeah, we're... We could do the Dudley family versus the Freebirds. The fans don't really give a shit who wins. This is kind of weird because it's two dastardly heel groups against each other. Hmm. It's
2: a heel all-heel overview.
1: But you got one that's that this match is their bread and butter and what, about 90... 85 to 90% of the wrestling community knows them for this particular thing. Versus... I mean, granted, the Freebirds did some crazy matches with the well, obviously and obviously the
0: winners, of the Dudley Boys, but I want to yeah, at least kind of give fight, my case for right. the Freebirds.
1: Terry Bam Bam Gordy was kind of
0: the muscle, and I could see him kind of throwing guys around. But if you got... If we're just talking Devon and uh, Bully... Yes. Alone, nobody else... That's it Are we doing the three Freebirds Or are we just doing Are we doing We We're choose doing, two We're doing uh, Freebird Like We're doing the original the original two So you had Terry Bam Bam Gordy And I'm trying to think of the third guy Who was the worker Um Cause I wouldn't put PSAs in there Because this not, You would Because you would. He, okay.
2: he did He did a lot of He, he's, lot of he was the mouse
0: and, He was the mouse So okay So Bam Bam and uh, uh Michael PSAs Huh You still gotta go with WD Boys But I just wanna give my props To Freebirds Birds. Because I could see Bam Bam fucking people up for a while, but it's the Dudleys. They're going to find a way to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, dude, the number of tag goal, or or the amount of tag goal that the Dudleys had in so many different territories. I know the Freebirds had success in the territories wherever they went. I just felt like Dudleys did it over a much broader span. Because, I mean, ECW, WWF, Japan, wherever they went, TNA, wherever they went, they won gold, period. Yeah, um that's the way I look at it too. You know, I to me I gotta go Dudley boys here. I mean look, this is the match that they're famous for. The, you know, free birds are kinda like fish out of water so to speak. I agree. And if this were like a street fight, then perhaps, but I mean, nah, I gotta go Dudley's.
2: Shocking what I'm about to say. You're but out. here's it goes. And there's no shit. We're in New Orleans. Okay. Fucking Freebirds are gonna win this match. I really don't know how yet, but they're gonna win the fucking match.
0: I was, okay, so maybe the third guy, I can't think of his name because right now. Because how great out. it would
2: be would Michael PSA's Hayes grab the Mardi Gras fucking, I don't know. Yeah, don't think the, of something. The something, whatever.
0: The King Cage. The Scepter or whatever, the, something. Yeah,
2: yeah, whatever. On top of the ladder and then the fucking Freebirds start playing and the bash. Bad Back
1: street. street USA. Bur- Bad Street, Bourbon Street, USA. Man. Boom. It, the, oh, the that's crowd what, would boost it. Crowd, out of that's it. what's
2: going to bring the crowd mm-hmm. here. Because everybody's going to come from the south. Oh, shit, we're going to Mardi Gras. Freebird's coming. Freebird's going to go over. Now, if we're in the north, we're in Philadelphia. Yeah, LA boys. Okay. But Freebird will win. will be. Look, PSA is too innovative. Yeah. know is, is the muscle. But it's going to be a great match. The mouth, just the in-ring jargon between Bully and and no, P.S. P.S. Hayes is going to be great. Yeah, I want to see that. PSH is P.S. 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 going
1: to doot 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 and uh, give a stunner to somebody.
2: <laughs> so the next match is going to go under the ECW standard rules. So there you know. This match happens actually seven times. It all happened in New Japan. We didn't get it as Americans.
0: This is what I want to see. You teased me with this earlier. It shot me crazy.
2: And we just think ECW rules. And we're talking about Prime. Both of them. Vader.
0: Bam Bam. Oh, okay. See, oh. That, I didn't think about this. You're right. This did happen in New Japan. <laughs> okay, they were attacked. They were tag team champions They're in New tag Japan. Team, but they
2: also fought each other. Sometimes once for the New Japan heavyweight title that Vader...
0: I would have loved to have seen the late 80s Bam Bam versus an early 90s Vader. When you talk the two biggest, yeah. when you talk the two biggest or baddest big men or greatest big men of all time, these are my two go tos right here. I, I don't put Undertaker and those guys in there because to me they were just tall, athletic guys. These guys were big boys, athletic. Vader could do a moonsault. Boys. Bam Bam could do a moonsault. Bam Bam could do cartwheels. He was so damn light on his feet. Damn, I don't know who the hell I would have won this one.
2: We're we talking about Vader with the Mastodon. Mastodon? Yeah. yeah. I was about to, I was about to I say, dude has a Mastodon mask and that's was...
1: fucking intimidating, especially when it would blow smoke out of him and everything, but I mean, dude, Bam Bam has fucking flames tattooed on his head.
0: But, who was more of a badass? I'm going to go WCW 90's Vader because that Vader, just that run he had and just, I love me some Bam Bam, but I got to go Vader with this one. God, he was just unde- unbeatable essentially, man. It was oh, so damn stiff. He won championships all over the world. But I it's, don't know if Bam Bam ever did. But
1: it's, it's ECW rules. And now, if ECW rules, I'm going to have to go Bam Bam. Now
0: Bam Bam did win the ECW title. So, I just, But, yeah, fuck, Bam Bam was awesome in the, the late 90s, too. key, key yeah. word there, ECW rules.
1: I got to go Bam Bam.
0: Okay, well, I'll say I forgot about that, but even though it's clearly on screen, if you're saying ECW, then yeah, I'll go Bam Bam because of that. What we got? Vader is strong style. Vader is, man. Vader is fucking... That Mastodon shit was bad. And you
2: say ECW rules, that Mastodon mask is going to be in pieces. Because he yeah. takes that and he busts the shit out of Bam Bam.
0: In real life, he ain't doing that because that shit was expensive as fuck to make. It. But yeah, I know.
2: Fucking carte blanche in this bitch. Shit. But... Bam Bam being Bam Bam does a flying headbutt off the top rope and actually finally beats Vader because yeah. Vader is 4 2 and 1 4 wins 2 draws 1 uh, loss to Bam Bam Okay, Bam Bam gets a second victory
0: yeah Bam Bam ECW was badass man
2: I, I forgot about that this was the second match that I saw on that paper when I was doing the The bracket. I was like, Oh man, why have we not get this? Yeah. I am. I missed this, and actually, I found the the their 1989 matchup in New Mm -hmm. Japan on Facebook.
0: So I actually have it saved. I'm going to watch that shit tonight. Yeah, I'm going to try and dig it up and see if I can find their old match.
2: But our main event, the two, the the matchup that jumped out on me. I don't know why, but I want to see it.
0: Oh, I know where he's going.
2: Did. The Hollywood Backlot Brawl. Randy, who do you think I got in this matchup?
0: Piper's in there for sure. Okay, I was gonna. If you didn't get that one right, I was gonna reiterate what he just said. Who, who you do you got think worn? I
1: got him against? Trying to think of everybody that's on the on the list. I'll give you a hint.
0: He was really big on him during the competition. New Jack. <laughs> Roddy Piper uh, versus New Jack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was putting that together, too, and I was like, holy uh,
0: shit. I don't think that would be... This wouldn't be a fake... Like Even though... This would be real life. These two fucking guys would try to kill Piper's each
2: other. That would be fucking crazy in real life. Dude. Yeah. I don't think pa-
1: Piper has enough Kevlar in his jacket to protect him <laughs> from New Jack. Like, I don't. I don't. I think <laughs> I don't.
0: the amount of... Fucking shanks he'd get into the body It would pierce the Kevlar vest
3: Oh God
2: this is bad <laughs> This is bad And Randy turned fucking
0: red Oh my god <laughs> That's funny man
1: Like yeah New Jag would legit do that Dude you call this a Hollywood Backlot brawl this is a freaking Hollygrove shootout is what it is Like,
2: I like that even
0: better
1: Oh dude See here's the thing.
0: Hollywood of the South, like, Black collect
1: See here's the thing, man. I Every could totally, brawl. I could totally <laughs> see, I could totally see New Jack just rolling up with a few homies from the friggin' Hollygrove and just fucking, <laughs> dude. Oh, white boy in New Orleans. I, I don't like your chances against the brother, baby. As much as I love Piper, New Jack is is, is gonna legit commit murder on pay per view. And dude, this is is fucking New Jack. You gotta
0: have a. Yeah, you got that. You know, you could do something like that. But I I gotta think, just Piper. I'm just gonna do it as a one on one. And they're just gonna kill each other legitimately. And I don't know what. I'm gonna go
1: Piper. Just. I'm gonna think Piper does something to just kind of. Nope, 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 nope. If it's in the fucking streets. If it's in the actual (laughs) streets. Dude, Piper lived on the streets. He fucking was homeless. He lived in reservations. I get that. I get that. But if this is a New Orleans pay per view and you got a brother fighting a white guy on the streets, I'm sorry. This is fucking New Orleans, baby. Fucking New Jack is winning and New Jack is legit going to straight up murder somebody. I love Piper. I love Piper. Any other situation, you put any other stipulation on this match, I give Piper a little more due. If this is the Hollywood backlot brawl, or in this case, the Bourbon Street brawl, or the Hollygrove, uh, Hollygrove shit, whatever. If it's on the streets, New Jack's winning. End of discussion. All right. So, our permit's only
2: for the building. These motherfuckers actually go take it outside.
0: You got to. You have to. This
2: is 30 minutes. They go take it outside. They're going down Bourbon Street. It's Mardi Gras. They're fighting. Everyone's just like, oh, it's just normal.
0: I was going to say, Piper's going no, to get hit by no, a no. car.
2: Somebody has to get hit by a car. No, no, no.
1: Piper's going to get shaked multiple ahead, times, ahead, and then somebody's going to steal sorry, his wallet. Like, okay? Go no, ahead. go ahead.
2: They're fighting. Beer bottles being smashed. Oh, yeah, you got a <sighs> beer bottle. They're going through fucking bar rooms, doors. Oh, love it. Windows. I'd love to see this. Mind you, like I said... We only, got a, we only got a permit for the fucking building we're in did huh. they go into
1: Big Daddy's bottomless topless that's what I said like.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes because he made it x-rated you guys made x-rated with freaking Maurice showing her fucking boobs on top of the fucking ladder so I don't
1: know all this. I just asked if she was going to do that you're booking this thing did yeah. you I say was like, she okay. was I was like okay. <laughs> I said, okay
2: I said okay we're Like that would I mean, stop
1: any man in his tracks we're, but yeah, yeah. Not, I got to make it, it x-rated
2: <laughs> fuck it they're fighting this match is a no contest because they both get fucking arrested.
0: <laughs> I, I I dig that. I like that more. Yeah. Piper
2: out. with a fucking knife and his we, side sticking out. Are we talking? You got a fucking New Jack with a fucking like glass gla- shard in his fucking head.
1: head. Are, are we talking current police force, or are we talking, you know, police force of days past? Because if it's current police force, they ain't getting fucking arrested.
2: We're, we're talking about the 2002-2001 police force. Right. So they're getting their asses <laughs> whooped. Or that case might be murdered. But the cops just stop them, and it's no contest. And we don't have the money. They're stuck. They just want to ride
1: they 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 going to have to sleep it out until Ash Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> Our pay-per-view is on a Saturday. They sit in jail for at <laughs> least three days. They sit in opp for three days. Shit, man. Mardi Gras, yeah. Friday, Monday and Tuesday. I just think about it. Just think about it, like, And then with the backlog of court cases from Mardi Gras weekend, they, could be they really ain't getting out until <laughs> Friday. <laughs> so, think, are we doing a pay-per-view Saturdays or Sundays? Oh, I'm saying for this, we're going to do it on a Saturday because okay. if they're getting locked up, they're going to be in so there on Saturday. While.
2: This matchup, too, is going through Endymion. So one of them is going through a float. Or right, they are going to get run over by the float? Question. <laughs> you probably get thrown in the float.
0: The <laughs> Endymion route runs off of Bourbon Street, so it'd have to be on a Saturday because uh, Bacchus is more St. Charles. But yeah, the flocks of people. I see bystanders getting hurt.
1: Multiple people getting injured. <laughs> Multiple people getting thrown off of balconies. Um,
2: yeah. oh that that's it. That's how he got arrested. New Jack Goodson goes and goes in fucking uh red um catch meow. Do they have balcony? No. Yeah. They go he goes and catch out, go on top of the balcony, jumps off, but land and Piper rolls and pulls a fucking cop. <laughs> In front of him, <laughs> It's the cop. <laughs> then you start seeing the horses come, and that's when they both find out. Oh, New Jack got a New Jack got a piece of shard eye, a glass in his head, and fucking Piper got a fucking knife in his fucking in his fucking kidney, and they're like,
0: ah, yeah, Ch-ch-ch-ch. rest gone. And, and then, just like the amount of girls flashing titties for beads in the background, and just everything, it's just like it's got everything. It's just it,
1: girls going wild meets wrestling. Hey, hardcore <laughs> wrestling, I love it. It's so like that, uh, like the the California promotion with the porn star. Oh, Durango, whatever that was right? called, yeah, yeah, that guy. So yeah, that's that's our our first pay per view. That was a nice little treat, but for the love of God, New Jack versus Roddy Piper on the fucking streets of New Orleans. It's <laughs> sad dude.
2: <laughs> but but even though like even if it's not like a, a street fight, that was one of the matches. Fuck these two, fucking go too far.
1: I would say, dude. You put him in a dog collar match, oh, I'd I give Piper more of a chance. You give him a extreme rules match in the arena, i give Piper a chance. You put him on the streets of New Orleans. I'm saying, like, no, like, no way, like if it's just no two way. dudes.
2: Piper would give him a fucking receipt, and New Jack's going come out with a fucking. Somewhere he's gonna have a fucking knife or a fork.
0: That's what I was thinking. It would turn into a legit shoot right away, and that's the crazy thing. New Jack, even if it wasn't a regular match, New Jack's probably got a knife on him somewhere. And he's just that gonna bust it out.
2: The, the old, old guy. Yeah. He got got guy gave him a receipt and he's just like, oh, fuck this. I got this fucking Zachary Knight.
0: Like, I know, I love this. like, didn't you
1: say that the other 14? Dude, he's like, eh, eh. it was not. <laughs> Dude, or, or hell, you brought up Piper and Blackface earlier Are we going to have another like um, Zulu uh, scandal thing where he tries to paint his face at Blackface. I, I okay. thought about it, but it did bring that up earlier <laughs> and I was like,
2: uh, uh, too much. A little much. Piper would not... Probably he wouldn't survive. Dead.
0: He wouldn't survive in New Orleans. He'll that, come out so. the fucking
2: back, out of the back, and walk to the ring and die.
0: Yeah, he wouldn't survive in New Orleans with that. Yeah, I was like, let's give the guy a stumbling chance of survivor. But yeah, that was, that was funny, man. That was good. So, no, I appreciate that, man.
2: Oh, so by the way, our next week episode... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's should <laughs> next week, man. Yeah. So our next week episode, we, we're going to discuss uh, Elimination Chamber. It will pass. Um... I did poor fucking booking, but we're going to do our version of elimination chamber. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about the elimination chamber. Who gives a fuck about that? Fantasy booking time. So we'll do our men's. We'll do our men's elimination chamber. Women's. Uh, Women's and teams. teams. Uh So, but here's the thing I'm going to tell you guys: when you guys think of entrance in this, I got. A lock for each match. Chris Jericho is a lock for the, for the Elimination Chamber because it's his idea. Niggit. Shayna Baszler is a lock for the women's. Okay. And for the tag team, you want to take any guess who's a lock?
1: Dudley Boys. Rogue Warriors. Oh, okay. Is a lock. I was going to say New Day, okay. What was your rationale behind Shayna Baszler? I'm just curious.
2: She has most most uh, uh, pins in women's history in elimination. Okay. Yeah. So with them. that, I give that to her.
1: Okay. Because a lot yeah. of times, if, if a four. you pick, I'm a four. No, people, no, I, I didn't think. I didn't think it was a uh, off the wall idea. Like, yeah, I was just curious why. Well, because like, yeah. like
2: elimination chamber like people they will talk about elimination chamber. You gotta have your enforcer, one enforcer. But uh-huh. I want her automatically in because then it might come down to like. Rhonda or Shayna and I'm like I'll keep you up that. But I was like Shayna would probably get looked over pretty much because the, the names superstar names and anybody names like you might miss over her because she didn't have the, the, the big, big runs like uh, big stars but we don't limit it down to the WWE we're limited to past wrestlers current wrestlers and all brands anybody that wrestled will be eligible for the match but Chris Jericho, it was his creation, is a lot, um, Sheena for the Women's is a lot, and the Rogue Warriors is a lot. I can
1: dig it. I dig it. So, that's, sounds good. Yeah, I was going to say, I wasn't going to kick it to, to next week's topic, because I am be well, well uh. <laughs> No, we're, we're, yeah, this is it for <laughs> today. So,
0: so for another episode of the Raging Marks Wrestling Podcast, I'm your host, TNK,
1: Ravishing Randy.
2: Well, I'm just showing you. Rampage out.
1: Hey, no, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. See you next week.